Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Coinop Cowboys, the podcast where four guys come together to share their hilarious experiences and insights on a variety of topics, from dating disasters to workplace shenanigans. Nothing is off limits on this show. Each week, our four hosts bring a new topic to the table, and you can expect to hear some wild and entertaining stories. We'll share our own experiences and offer our unique perspectives, all while keeping things lighthearted and humorous. This is Coin Op Cowboys, the podcast where hilarity ensues and the only thing we take seriously is having fun. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Angel. My co-hosts are Chris, Ryan, and Steven. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh along with us as we explore the absurdities of everyday life. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an extraordinary episode that promises to captivate your senses and leave you craving for more. Brace yourselves as we embark on an exhilarating journey through the tales of our intrepid hosts. First up, prepare to be enthralled as Chris delves into the depths of his wilderness adventures, recounting not only the thrill of the hunt, but also the profound life lessons he's gained along the way. Join him as he unveils the secrets that have transformed him into a truly exceptional individual. But wait, hold on tight as we switch gears and transport you to the mesmerizing streets of the City of Sin, Las Vegas, where Stephen's wild imagination roams free. Be prepared for a roller coaster of excitement as he shares his exhilarating escapades, revealing the daring encounters and unforgettable moments he experienced in this hedonistic haven. And just when you thought things couldn't get any more intriguing, Ryan takes us on an extraordinary voyage into the mysterious depths of the Vatican. Prepare to be spellbound as he unravels the enigma surrounding an ancient artifact, the awe-inspiring chronovisor. What secrets lie within this marvel of technology? Only time will tell. Join us as we dive headfirst into a world of adventure, introspection, and captivating mysteries. Your senses will be tantalized, your imagination ignited, and your thirst for knowledge quenched. Stay tuned, for this episode is one you simply cannot afford to miss. Just a reminder, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you get your entertainment. We'll be releasing episodes every other week to improve the quality of our content. Leave us a like, subscribe, follow, ding, notify, pat your head, and rub your tummy, whatever it is. Let's hear it. Now, let's switch audio to the main channel. Looks like the guys are talking up something fierce. What do you mean? What do you mean, scruffle, Angel? Well, why would I scruffle with Chris? <laughs> to delay, to delay, to delay, to delay. Are you are you to referring delay. to when I when I said I had a bone to pick with Chris? You have a bone to pick with everyone every week. But this week it's Chris's bone Ooh, I want to pick. You pick yeah, his baby. boner. Gross, dude. Let's do it. Sure oh, you're you getting I'm the bone sure already. Right. Dude, dude. I'm sure you fucking do. Fun fact. Fuck. Fun fact. Did you know raccoons have a penis bone? What? Yes. Yes. Like like legit bone. So the reason I found this out is because I would go visit some family in Arkansas. And yep. one uh, one of my uncles would give another family member like some really nice uh, toothpicks. And after they were using said toothpicks, he would describe that he fastened that from a raccoon penis. bone. what is going on? We, we bought a raccoon penis bone in New we Orleans. Be careful about um, it's not that normal. Ryan, don't say it like talking that. About, um, raccoon penis bone is like controversial right now. And it actually is. It's against the uh, he did it come after us. The, it's it's bestiality. We are not we're not talking about bestiality. This is just consumer product. You ever use a sheepskin condom? <laughs> Condoms. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait to see what Chris is sharing. God. Those are raccoon penis bones. Nice. Yeah, that's a penis. I, I don't know why I was expecting them to be more straight, I guess. 
They look like earrings or a dental tool. You can probably give them as earrings. Anywho, you, you want to know why I'm upset with Christopher this week, Angel? No. Yes. Actually, I do. I do. I need to be well, cheared up. Well, well Christopher threw but a first, fantastic but first, party. But first, but first, I started fucking talking. <laughs> first, we need to do introductions. We just did. I did it earlier. No, we did not do the introductions. I need to ask well, you guys a question to get all that loosey goosey. Oh, not going to get edited out. All this will be just completely smushed together and not edited. Yep. <laughs> Sounds right. And, and, and so we're but saying it'll it sound right, like magic. We're saying it right now so that when the episode goes through, we can be like, haha, there's us saying it. This is part's not going to get ripped out. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to go in circle uh, to to get everyone uh, warmed up and creative and all kinds of excited about talking tonight, even though we just started with uh, raccoon penis. Didn't know that was a up. thing. Thank you for sharing, Chris. You're welcome. Wow. You wow. didn't know raccoons have penises? Oh, you think I didn't breathe? know they had a bone because then like if somebody wanted to to market viagra to, to raccoons for some fucking reason who knows because they're a pest right but they couldn't unless they wanted to give them milk right because milk builds bones but there's more calcium and bro broccoli I would like to introduce anyway dude imagine you know, um, fun you want to know a fun fact about raccoons angel uh sure yeah they prefer hymns uh i'd like to interject here um i'd like to pass a motion changing the name of raccoons to trash pandas from here on out no sure i have come across a lot of um a you you got to put a dollar in the jar for not calling it a trash panda but i have seen a lot of trash pandas in my life because every time we'd go to arkansas we just see them all over the place and i've never seen one be aggressive or even want to come near me like he would just be walking down the road and i would look at him he would look at me and if i took a step forward he's like don't do it dude and i take another step he's like all right i'm out of here dude peel out yeah always. i've never seen them attack me on my front porch it's number one sign it's rabies <laughs> they carry a lot of that that them and i don't know squirrels maybe i don't know did you know that possums cannot carry rabies yeah they're like immune to rabies mm -hmm. people hate on possums for no reason like my wife yep it's a cool little creature that eats like all the scary shit in your backyard mm -hmm. bugs that could actually do you harm can't get rabies eats spiders eats uh what do possums eat all that cool shit that you don't want to get bit by yeah and uh and everybody hates them because they look ugly yeah and it's pretty cool they'll be like walking down the road and they'll have yeah. like nine baby possums on their back and they'll just be like walking like a little tank okay we're gonna start with the warm-up i'm gonna say your name i need you each to tell me Something you've always wanted to learn and why. Something you've always wanted to learn and why. Solid. Uh, all right, Wranglers. It's Chris here. We're going to make it happen tonight. We're going to go on a long ride to some scary places. And I can't wait to have that Old West showdown with Senior Ryan over here. Hell yeah. But uh, the number one thing that I've actually always wanted to learn is Spanish. I would personally love to be very fluent in Spanish. That's like a dream of mine that I kept thinking about and talking about, and I am not taking action on. Yeah. No, that's, that's great to learn another language and be fluent. That opens, opens a lot of other... Thanks for sharing, Chris. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What up, Coinopians? This is Ryan. And the number one thing I always wanted to learn, but I haven't, is Japanese. And my, my main drive to wanting to learn Japanese was I just wanted to play... Super Nintendo RPGs that never got translated to a. Uh, it would make your it'd make your life of watching anime really easy. I don't watch anime. I actually really <laughs> dislike anime. And there goes half of the viewers. Wow. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> I like anime video games, but I don't like the act of actually watching anime. No, thank you for that. That's two languages. Let's see if we continue the uh, 
whatever it is. Steven, what is something you've always wanted to what learn? What up, why? turd burgers? It's your favorite jigger, Steezy, coming live from Las Vegas. <laughs> Shout out to all those dudes listening, dudes and dudettes. All right. My thing that I would want to learn, two things. I guess I have to pick one. I've always wanted to play an instrument, preferably the guitar. It's completely it's like latin to me man i i can't understand it i don't know how people are so good at it like music in general i would like to learn but i don't think my brain operates in that way at all and um the other thing i would like to learn is singing i wish i could learn how to sing it'd be like such a cool thing to be able to do but i don't know if you can learn or it's just like a god-given ability i feel like you could i feel like this is what this is my thing have, like, i think capabilities. your potential is limited like yes people could learn to sing and maybe sing a little bit better but you can only get so good like you have to have been given a good voice box in order to be as long as you as long as you sing in your register if you know your range if you're a baritone a tenor you just adjust the range and you sing the songs that are in your range i disagree then, okay and uh, for the guitar, yes. uh, you can learn that as well. Yeah, I've been playing guitar for 15 years. I can't learn it because I don't understand music. People are like, yeah, this is a 4-4 four, four, and this is a 3-4. And can't you hear the beat? And I'm like, no, not at all. I'm a lost cause. <laughs> yeah, I think, some pe- I think some brains are structured to just not be able to like recognize like note types yeah. and all that. But it's kind of cool because I go to a concert and I'm just watching them play and I'm just like, this is magical. This is great. How do they do it? You know, so I, so, so I, I got I got two things for that. I think I think Steven is trying to judge his own musical abilities right now. And I think really it shouldn't be Steven's opportunity to judge it. We should let the viewers judge it. So, yes, Steven, yes, you That's should valid. sing some <laughs> Blink-182 or Hawthorne Heights for us right now. Mm, just give okay. us a, a little lyric here and there. It'll be fantastic. Hey there. <laughs> I know it's hard to feel like I don't care at all. Wait, let's just get to the chorus. So cut my wrist and black my eyes. Cut my wrist and black my eyes so I can fall asleep tonight or die because you kill me. Yes. Yes. That was beautiful. Wow. That was beautiful. For the listeners, he was flicking his hair. Dude. <laughs> Dude. If singing out of my nose on pop punk is a skill, then I got it, baby. I do want to point out one more thing. So besides that, so Steven, so there's deep down, there's one specific thing that Steven has always wanted to know how to do. And this was his glorious opportunity to announce it. But he kind of looked at some of these other things, which are more nicer in life. So I'm going to go ahead and highlight it for the viewers. Steven, are you going to say make my wife come because I didn't want anybody to know about that? Oh, pretty close. Pretty close. I was actually going to say Steven always wanted to learn how to suck his own dick. (laughs) (laughs) I I can confirm. Look at that smile on his face. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, he just fell out of his chair (laughs) trying to suck his own dick right now. Oh, it's happening. We need to live stream this for the video guy. Wow. Wow. I didn't know you're so flexible. Do we need to change our rating, our, our, our YouTube rating? <laughs> it's already explicit. There was a fun fact. Fun fact. Um, I have been able to put tongue to tip before. What is it? What does it taste like? But you <laughs> What are you jealous? A little bit. 
I don't know. Wait, like skin. <laughs> wait, so, no, Stephen, you have a really short tongue. So are you saying your penis mm. is that yeah. long yeah. that you can reach it with your tongue? That's amazing. I don't know, Chris. Why don't you do a live judging? <laughs> you, you know, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. A fun, a fun story about Stephen is at one time we were roommates, and normally. Uh, I had a job site down the street and I would get to that early in the morning. We'd have like nighttime concrete pours. So I usually left uh, the condo before Steven. So, but this one day I had to drive to another job site, um, but I had to be there. Or no, I had to go to like a, a, a down to Irvine to meet with an owner, but at a certain time. So I said, well, I'm not going to drive to my office and then drive to Irvine. I'm just going to hang. I was going to go in later and go straight to Irvine. So uh, so Steven gets out, he, t- he like takes a shower and he's in his room. And then like, I was just kind of chilling. And so I get up to leave. And as I walk past his door, I go later, Steven. And I throw the peace sign at him and I look down and he is doing pushups, butt ass naked in front of the <laughs> mirror, flexing to himself. And he goes, Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> The straight up fucking American psycho Jason Bateman psychopath. How was my form? Did I look good? It was good, dude. Like your tattoos and your form, dude. It all came together. I was like, this guy's gonna start an OnlyFans right here. Was this before or after he tattooed around the nipple? It was, but not it was, the actual nipple. It was like right during. about that time. Yeah. Pussy. It was in process. <laughs> I don't go get my tattoos on my nipple, right? Why didn't you tattoo your nipple? Why not? Angel, it hurts so bad. I'm not going to lie. What? <laughs> You've never done it. How would it you got know? close to it. It, it was around the areola and it, it felt like it was dead it. center of the areola and it was burning white hot fire on me. <laughs> I didn't want it. I did not want it. <laughs> So was the original plan to tattoo the nipples? You just abandoned the nipple design? Um, does it make me less of a pussy if I say... I don't know. Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> I don't remember what the original plan is. It would hurt. So The whole thing hurts so bad, but... People don't tattoo their nipples, I don't know. do they? I just thought that people don't tattoo their nipples. That's what I was yeah, thinking. I don't think so. I'm going to Google Yeah, it. they do. People tattoo I think their eyeballs. the plan wasn't to do it nipples. because I just assumed... You don't do that. And it, it kind of blends in. Like, it's not like you have huge areolas or anything, but I don't think people would notice. Medium. Like a medium pepperoni pizza. Yeah, like the little pepperonis that you get in a Lunchable. The first answer on Reddit is you absolutely can wow. tattoo your nipples. Thanks, Reddit. And then the next one is, I've got nipples, Greg. Can you ink me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That, was, right. that was amazing. <laughs> the, next <laughs> one after that, the next comment after that is, sucky, sucky, motherfucker. <laughs> Way to go, Reddit. <laughs> That's my new line. Uh, <laughs> There you go. All right. There you go. I found a picture for you guys. Put it in the Discord chat for you. There you go. There you go. Oh, but you can't see anything. It's just I'm so don't confused. Do it. Don't do it. It's because they tattooed over the nipples. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris just uh, shared a picture of a of a beautiful, healthy woman with flowers tattooed on both chesticles and that nipples covered and it's not hard obviously Listen, so you can't see you where go. it's you can't see i think it's a photoshop chris because there's not even like a bump on it. there's like no bump indicating no i think that this was a mastectomy uh and they re- gave her implants and then tattooed over because i see a mastectomy scar going across oh her you're right man dude you got yeah. mr dr holmes over here i know everything about titties. <laughs> apparently can you milk me i could actually all right, Angel, who's this podcast? We have a randomizer. 
up and ready to go. Hey, I never got to tell you why I was upset with Chris. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ooh, let's hear okay. it. Okay, Ryan, tell us what the bone is this Do week. Your... We're going to start a segment called Ryan's Bone. Do your worst. I don't have a weekly bone, but this week... I do want to pick a bone with Christopher. Let us know why. Let's have it. So Christopher threw a wonderful party over the weekend to celebrate <laughs> himself. It was a great time. Had by all. Everyone got nice and toasty. And at the end of the night, Chris gave everybody scratchers. What? Yeah. He's like, hey, everybody, uh, you didn't win, but take these scratchers to go. I gave you the consolation prize. So, oh, okay, thanks, Chris. We put ours away. But then they were strangely pushy about, oh, you got to scratch them now. You got to scratch them now. <laughs> Is that a Yucca Valley thing? I don't know what was going on. So I'm laughing because I know the story. Now I'm excited yeah. to hear it. The, the, the background was it was a casino-themed birthday party. I hired a craps table and a blackjack table to come over, and we all competed to win fake money to get some gift cards. And the people who didn't win gift cards, I like threw a few scratchers out there as like a consolation prize. Oh, so Ryan, you didn't win. Yeah, it was great. Very generous. Fantastic. So, But then they forced us to scratch them in person. So I scratched mine. I didn't even read the rules. I still don't know if it's a winning ticket. But then a lot, Alicia asked me to help her scratch hers. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I'm scratching, and I see a $5. Oh, no big deal. Then I see a $5,000. Like, oh, no big deal. Then like a ten, And then another $5,000. Like, oh, okay. Well, usually this is where you get screwed. And then a third $5,000 came up. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think we won $5,000. Is that how the scratcher worked? Like, was a yes. scratcher three of the same numbers yeah, as the winner? Yeah, match three, that's, that's the money you get. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow. And Alicia's like, oh, wow. And then another one of Chris's guests was freaking out, like, no way, no way. Chris, is this real? Like, Chris, is, is this real? Oh, no. And Chris goes, yeah, yeah. I bought it from the grocery store. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. And then, the, the, you know, the other guest is analyzing everything intently. And he's like, oh, my God, this is legit. This is legit. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know who found it, but someone read the back and it said, if it's over a dollar, you must claim your money with the money fairy. <laughs> I was a very big skeptic when I first saw it. I had not. So, so was I, yeah. which is fine. You know, it's a fun joke to play. But my bone to pick is I look Chris in the eye as a like, Chris, is it real? And Chris said yes to me. Oh, my God. Wow. This lying straight through my soul. Wow, Chris. You're, that's, that's like the shit where you buy the, like the lottery tickets for the, um, you pick the winning numbers like a couple days later, and then you record the broadcast and show the person. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, oh, dude, that's yeah. so brutal because for five seconds or a minute, whatever Ryan's case was, he thought he won $5,000. A glimmer of hope. It's kind of funny, like a, a fake thing like that, just to... Um, we did that for announcing our firstborn uh, yeah. with, with my wife's family. And everyone was super confused. We were like, I don't understand. Did we win or not win? I got three, three kids here. <laughs> I'm matching three kids. <laughs> so yeah. so the, the, the joke was I spent a grand total of like $20 on scratchers. And it, bought, it got me like eight scratchers or something like that from the store. So I got all those. And then I went online and I was like, oh, I should order one and slip it in there. It's a joke. <laughs> and so the first one I was looking at, it said when you scratch it off, it says you're going to win like a million dollars. And I was like, no, that's not it. And then I found one that said you win $5,000. And I said, yes, that is the one. So I took the one, I slipped it in there and 
Um, the funny thing is, I don't remember. I don't. Was was I the one being pushy, saying you need to scratch them all? I just remember handing them out I and then changing Kanye the subject. Was pushy about it, like it went inside. And she's like, scratch uh, it off, scratch it She off. did. Like, she well, did okay, know. Okay. She did know. <laughs> I, I had to show her the one. I was like, for whatever reason, don't grab this one. But, but you just burned through my soul with that lie. How could you That's ever it. trust I, him again? I didn't. I didn't care about the trick of the scratching. That's all funny. But you looked through my soul and just. So yeah, it's real. I, was like, oh. I completely forgot about that scratcher until right now. So Ryan, if if you were in a life and death situation, and the answer to Chris, like if you trusted Chris's answer, um, would mean you would live. Are you saying that he could lie to you? It would get straight past your defenses, and you yes. would fall to your death. If he wanted to murder me through lies, yes. Wow. Now is that so? Is that a should I view that as a talent or should I view that as I'm a bad person? Depends how you use the skill, Chris. Mm. <laughs> the powers yes. in your hands. <laughs> it comes. It comes really in handy negotiating uh, change orders. I bet it does. But, yeah. You promised me that you would install all this conduit. <laughs> but anyway, let's go to the wheel. I think this is the right time for me to apologize to ryan for breaking his sacred yes. trust so you're, you're forgiven you're forgiven yeah no i am so sorry <laughs> i giggled and chuckled and i was really curious who was going to get that one and i was curious if they were going to go for it but i think i think you were onto something the the best part was not you or alicia questioning it it was the one or two other people that were yeah. freaking out for yeah. you <gasps> did you just win five thousand dollars so oh uh, I talked. I told my coworkers about this. I said, "Hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get this one five thousand, slip it in here." And she points out, she's like, "Chris, what if it goes bad?" And I said, "Well, well, what do you mean it goes bad?" She says, "Haven't you seen that things where the person's gonna scratch it and they're gonna be like, you know what? I finally have enough to get away with you. I've been cheating on you. F you. I'm out." <laughs> and, and I low key was like, "Could that happen?" Like she kind of planted the seed, and I said, "Nah." There's no way that could happen, right? And I'm uh, glad that it, it panned out the way it did. Glad you took the risk. Well, in the words of Cath yeah, in the words of <laughs> in the words of Catherine Zeta Jones from Chicago, he had it coming. Never seen it. Amen. What? That's a good one. Cell block tango. Cell block tango, baby. Yep, that's the one. Nope, you haven't seen it. I recommend it's, it. It's worthwhile. Watch it now. You have to watch it now. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to spill the wheel until yeah, you yeah. Spin the fucking wheel, Angel. Spin the fucking wheel. Okay, okay. Jesus Christ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spin the randomizer, the most perfect randomizer with the best colors, best free colors. And uh, we're going to see whose topic we're going to cover first tonight. First up is we're spinning. We're spinning. Spoiler. We're spinning. Steven. Yeah, definitely going to be Steven first. 33.333 repeating chance. Steven! My piece of pie is always so big. Is it alcohol pie? Angel, can you play some music? Sure, good buddy. What kind of music do you want? I don't give a fuck. That focus lo-fi shit. You requested the music. Yeah. Oh, you want the focus lo-fi? Okay, Steve, roll it. All right, fellows, let me get into my headspace here real quick. All righty. So this story I'm going to tell you, it starts off a long time ago, back when I was a kid, maybe like, um, I don't know, eight, eight or so. Like when I was a kid that age, every morning, you know, your mom would come in your room, well, at least my mom would come in my room and flip on the lights and yell at us like rise and shine, you know, uh, 
wakey wakey eggs and bakey or whatever the fuck she said i fucking hated that shit because you're always so fucking tired and they're i don't know whatever but anyways you get ready for school go about your day rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse and repeat but every once in a long while a very special thing would happen do you know what that special thing is ryan you get a boner Ooh, that didn't happen yet but nice good guess good guess no morning oh uh, uh pubic hair uh no you're all wrong a very special thing would happen my mom would wake us up the normal routine us uh meaning me and my sisters uh she would wake us up and bring us into her room where we expected to we were expecting to get ready for school but we'd walk into her room and surprisingly my dad would be home from work do you know what that meant ryan i know it went drama hold the camera kids it, it meant that uh, uh <laughs> your, your, your nope. mother was pregnant Nope, nope, they're going somewhere. He's going to the happiest place Chris on earth. Chris is ding, ding, ding. Chris is very great. Like every once in a while, we'd wake up and we'd go into their room and my dad would still be there and we'd all know, oh, and they'd be like, guess what? We're going to Disneyland. Like, or because I don't know, my mom was all about surprises growing up. So, and nothing could just be like, hey, we're going to Disneyland next week or hey, this is your Christmas present wrapped under the tree. Our Christmas presents had numbers on them. So we couldn't like shake them or figure out which one was ours. Uh, we'd go in my room, recap, my dad would be there, and it's like, boom, we're going to Disneyland, Six Flags, whatever. You know, I grew up in San Diego, so two hours north to like a theme park was like the best day ever. Um, plus, we were skipping school. So, I mean, I can remember at that age feeling the excitement from the time we woke up to the time we stepped foot in the park. Every second of it was magical. The amusement park, whether it was Disneyland, Six Flags, whatever, it felt so much like bigger than it actually was. Like it was just pure euphoria as a kid. Do you guys remember uh, romanticizing places like that as a kid? Oh hell yeah! Yes. Like what? Well, so mine. So I grew up in Yucca Valley. Disneyland was like two and a half hours away. Similar. So that's what we fantasized about. Yeah, similar. And the whole day, you just don't want it to end. Like every, like you're counting, you're like, oh no, it's already three o'clock and you know, time's ticking and you just really don't see now, nowadays you just don't get that anymore. I don't at least, but I can remember Chris in the last podcast talking about how Bass Pro Shop in Memphis might've been a place that he romanticizes still to this day. Is that right? That is. Yeah. So I'm jealous of that. I'm envious of that because uh, I thought about it and I thought about what's the last place that made me feel like that, that held a, that I think back and it holds a special place in my heart, sparks wonder, excitement, imagination, like I did when I was a kid. Well, drum roll, please. The last place for me like that. <laughs> was, is it a strip club that, well it has them it was las vegas nevada baby <laughs> yes here we go i knew we'd get to this boy. not love that city ever i don't care what it does to me it holds the most special place in my heart above disneyland I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That city turned me into a man. It's Disneyland for adults. <laughs> Sin City, baby. <laughs> I can remember turning 21 and for the first time going out to Vegas. We would all, we're fucking poor college students. We would all pile into someone's car through the desert with like wild hopes and dreams, thinking we were going to take down Vegas. Like Vegas has never seen six broke college students before right <laughs> <laughs> they never seen thugs like us before <laughs> they're not ready get ready get ready yeah, dude. <laughs> like driving forever through the desert 
coming over state lines, sunsets, whatever, and you pull into Vegas as it's dark and all the bright lights in front of your face. You know, I remember doing that for the first time and it just core memory. Anyways, a lot has changed, but like, I think back then when we first would go, Chris, um, it was like circa 2010. Does that sound about right? Yep. Anyways, the economy was like in the shitter and back then Vegas was cheap. A hundred bucks. I feel like I could go out there on a hundred bucks and that was your whole weekend. And if you want a little bit, you would leave with more than you came for. It's not like that anymore. Especially back then you could. Yeah. Especially if you stay at some of those sketchy hotels, like you <laughs> we'll and I We'll get to that, Chris. We'll get to it. <laughs> you know, back then you could split a hotel between everybody for like 40 bucks. You'd split it all. You'd bring a couple like girls with you and you can get into all the bars and clubs for free because, you know, you just talk to the promoter. Oh, you have two girls with you. Yeah, man. Come in all night free. You know, the girls would get free drinks from like 10 to 11, like free vodka drinks. And they would just like pass them off to us. You know, it was cheap. It was free. Not like today. The gambling limits were low. People were winning. Man. How many stories do we have in Vegas, Chris? Lots. Some of my favorite stories come from Vegas. We got, we got, we, we could almost write a book on no, it. I didn't know point. Angel and Ryan back when I first was starting to go to Vegas, but, uh, you know, I think we would have had good times then, but I, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I have all kinds of stories from Vegas, uh, winning, losing good times, dark times, pooping in your pants times, but I've narrowed it down <laughs> and decided to treat our listeners to my personal top three favorite stories. Well, top three, top three stories I can share. Maybe some that I shouldn't share. Come back for the coin up Cowboys episode 10.1 after hours. Ooh. Vegas show. Okay. Pay $5 a month. And you can yeah. hear the forbidden stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So the first story is the time that our friend Richard was left in the hallway while me and another friend, did a lot of stupid shit. What? You left that poor guy in the hotel room hallway. Like, like was it was it the hotel room hallway or the business the business building hallway? Uh we accidentally ditched a friend and neglected him all night and he couldn't get into the room and <laughs> spent the night in the hallway. <laughs> The whole, like the whole night, uh, you know, Yikes. until like five oh, in the morning. Man. You guys are, you guys are <laughs> fucking terrible people. Yeah. What did you yeah. say afterwards? Oh, okay, Sorry. well, here's the story. So, I think I don't Oops. remember what we went out there for. It might have been my sister's birthday or something. But me and uh, the friend, I'll call him. Uh, let's call him Matt. Chris. So this, my friend Matt and I, we like get in our car and we like cruise out to Vegas. We got off work late on Friday, but we're gonna make the the club. The club's at ten or eleven. We gotta go. So we got through the Cajon Pass and it was just a hundred miles per hour all the way to Vegas. We got there in like two and a half hours. Perfect. We go to the room, get our slacks on and our button down. We go to the club. We're here. We party. This uh, club was at on uh, the win or encore. I don't know. It was outside. We got super drunk and we're dancing with uh, some girls on the dance floor. <clears throat> And the one that I had uh, was dancing with, uh, I thought she was really, really good looking. And I was nice and toasty and drunk Steven was turning into confident Steven. And I started like doing my bump and grind, you know, working up on that thing. And I look over at her, you know, make sure she's enjoying the vibe too. And she looks back at me, you know, we share a little kiss, you know, we're kissing and all this shit. And, uh, we, we uh, exchange Instagrams and phone numbers or whatever. And, you know, it might've been a little PP touching and uh, 
some other horseplay on the dance floor. <laughs> but uh oh baby all right so i look over at matt and he's having a good time too he's with his girl and blah 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 or whatever we had exchanged numbers with the girls we're like hey well after this we're gonna go somewhere we're gonna go to the strip club and we're gonna hit you guys up and we'll meet back up later and so we boogie and i t- on the way out i'm telling my friend matt i'm like dude that chick was so hot dude <laughs> like, dude she was touching my dick uh we kiss and all stuff he's like dude I don't want to ruin your good time, but she was fucking ugly. Attaboy, attaboy. That's a friend right there. <laughs> wow. I said, no, dude. No, dude. You do not understand. She's super hot. Like, I got her Instagram. No. And <laughs> I, I pull it up and I show, I show him the Instagram. And I'm like, dude, she's hot. And he's like, oh, whatever you do, whatever you do, you kind of thing, whatever. Oh. Forget about that. So we go to the strip club because we're like, hey. Let's uh, go see some titties for real. And uh, we go to the strip club, but we're fucking wasted. And I proceed, we, we go to the back with like two girls and I proceed to have like a $1,500 conversation with uh oh no <laughs> worth every penny <laughs> because I, I took this angle like oh listen man i don't even care like i'm just here like just hanging out you know i know you don't really want to hang out with me so i'm just you know gonna chill my buddy here wants to get laid kind of crap like trying to be mr cool guy for some reason 15, and in my drunken bucks. state i thought i was going to be like above it all and I, that's the stupidest thing ever i mean i basically opened a tab and her and her friend was um getting tequila shots and stuff the whole time and we're all drinking i mean she like sat with me and we chatted for like an hour it was like 1500 bucks the stupidest thing ever but she was hot right that one was hot there you go for sure cool blue balls yeah i had blue balls and the dude next to me matt he had blue balls and so uh i told him you know what i think i'm gonna confess something to you he's like what do you got to say and i said well I've always wanted to get a dirty massage. <laughs> it's, it's been on the list of things I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm a single man. I can do whatever I want. I got money. And he's like, me too. I definitely wanted to do that too. It's like four in the morning at this point and our phones are dead. We don't like, we're just chilling. This is us. And uh, we go outside and we like go home. Let's get in a cab and see if they know of a place. So we get in the cab and we're like, hey, man, do you know where we could go to get a happy ending? <laughs> and he's like, I know lots. And he says, I know lots of places you can go to. What? <laughs> he's like, and better yet, if I take you, they pay me. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the taxi cab driver is like a pimp. He gets like refer- referral like commission. <clears throat> so... uh he takes us to a place. He walks inside. He says, Hey, I got these two guys for you. They're looking for some fun. We're just the room spinning at this point, you know, They're looking for some kidneys. <laughs> so they like pair me up with the masseuse. I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. You know, I'm going to get a massage. She's going to give me a happy ending. So they take my friend Matt to a room and they take me to a room and they want money up front. So I give her whatever, 200 or something bucks, whatever. And, uh, we get in the room. She's like, okay, get ready for your massage. You know, I'm like, cool. Yeah. Massage. I get down, I lay on the table and I'm expecting like a back massage or like something. Dude, she just comes in and just reaches down and like straight for the dick. <laughs> <laughs> no warm up. Just let's do this. Okay, no warm up. 
and and i proceeded to get like the like most jackrabbity like fastest jerk off (laughs) (laughs) like it was so fast this is her eighth one of the afternoon i'm sure i'm like i don't know how but dude i'm drunk but i am like not whiskey dicking which is great because i'm paying for this and it works i get off and immediately and uh (laughs) i'm like and she's like hey well now you have to pay I'm like, well, I already paid. And she's like, well, no, hap- like, hap- I don't know. It was like some language barrier here. And I'm like, uh, and she's like, well, you still owe for the happy ending kind of thing. So I'm like, fuck, okay, well, I have a credit. Like, let me get the ATM or something. And I go to the I- <laughs> ATM walk and shave out from the Seuss. <laughs> I'm like blacked out at this point. Like the room's spinning right there. I'm like, whatever, I don't want to get in trouble here. So I'm like, whatever. And she's like, wants 200 bucks more. And so I go to the ATM and it's not working. The bank is like sending me like alerts to my phone but i'm my phone's dead so i don't have it and i'm trying to use all my cards they're all not working it's not giving me any money so i'm like okay i know what to do i'm gonna go talk to my friend matt <laughs> and i'm gonna ask him for some money so i can pay this person off and uh so i just walk into his room <laughs> and i open the door and he's just butt-ass naked on the table getting his dick jerked off <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I go, hey Matt. That's what I'm talking can about. I, can I have some money? <laughs> <laughs> and like without skipping a beat, he's just like, yeah, my wallet's right there. Grab. <laughs> what a G, dude. <laughs> Wait, so you guys made eye contact? <laughs> and like, and the girl that was with me looks over at him, and goes, oh, your friend have thick dick too. <laughs> Uh, and then as as we left he told me i said dude he's like why did you need more money i thought you already paid and i was like yeah but she said he's like dude you weren't supposed to pay her any more money like she fucking stole that from you <laughs> and then we went back to the hotel super happy we had a good story to tell and um we get back to the hallway where our room is and we see our buddy richard passed out on the floor <laughs> we go richard wake up <laughs> he looks at us with so much hate he says where the fuck have you guys been <laughs> And we're all laughing like, hey, man, we went and got a dirty massage, dude. We got a fucking happy ending. Ha ha ha. And he's like, fuck you, motherfuckers. I've been sleeping in this hall for five hours. It's five in the morning. Like, let me in. Not, not ready to hear it. Yikes. And he did say, well, I wanted a happy ending, too. Wow. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. That's such a good story. Um, that was the peak of my debauchery in Vegas. Ride, ride or die. I, w- I want to give a I want to give a shout out to Matt for just being solid friend, paying for Stevens' <laughs> dirty massage twice. Okay, so <laughs> I was thinking that was one of my most expensive Vegas trips because okay, so I spent like fifteen hundred bucks at the strip club. I probably spent five hundred at this massage parlor, and then before that, we were uh, playing blackjack at the club, and I think at one point we had eight hundred dollars like in winnings and. By the time we left, uh, we had like negative 800. So, oh, baby. I think I started counting it. It's not that bad. I know. So, it was like a three grand in one night, and I had never spent that kind of money in my life. So, I was just like depressed for a week after that trip. <laughs> so I said, you know stupid. what? In a year, this is going to be a funny story. But it was. But <laughs> at the time. So, I have like two more if you want me to like tell some more stories. All right. Well, well, well. Better, man. Well, I don't know. What Timing. do you think? I don't know. I have uh let's just go with uh, uh what about the time that Chris saved my life? 
We've already been recording for an hour. <laughs> yes! I want to know right, how that, you that was a good story. Oh, feel yeah, then I'll just too, paraphrase Chris. a couple more. All right, so this was a trip in college. College dudes um, got a room at a place called the LVH. It was like an old Hilton hotel they converted. It's still ghetto. I don't know if anybody goes there. But uh, we all went, and uh, the night was going on, and we decided it's time for the strip club, of course. That's what we always do. Um, so we go to the... Olympic Gardens. I don't know if anybody has been there before. Have you guys been there? No. This is the best one because on the first floor there's women and on the second floor there's dudes. So it's uh, uh <laughs> so Angel would feel at home. Win. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In multiple podcasts, I suck your dick. Fucking this guy. Oh, wait, another wait, guy wait. would love this. Was the, was um, there a basement? There I don't know. Maybe that's where the um I don't know. Little people strippers are. Is that PC? <laughs> yeah. I was curious what words you were going to use. <laughs> and tacos. And tacos. <laughs> um, anyways, we go to the strip club. And um, so we get to the strip club and immediately our friend Matt has made an appearance in this story as well. Our friend Matt gets pulled by two girls uh, with the promise of free VIP. So he disappears immediately. Um, meanwhile, all of us other college dudes are like, let's go to the stage and start tipping. And we get to the stage and the first thing we see is a 50-something-year-old woman uh, pole dancing, <clears throat> sloppily, very drunk. Yikes. And we're like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so She wasn't a professional? Yeah, was this, not, was this a guest or was this part of the well, act? Well, I don't know because at one point during it, she's like coming around, kind of like talking to each guy, and she like leans over to us and goes... I don't even know what I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's having a good time. And then like, we all kind of pity tipped her. But uh, at some point I'm like, I want to get a good lap dance. Um, So I tell Chris, I say, Hey, you see that girl over there? She's super hot. Like, can you go? I'm like too pussy to like go up to a girl in a strip club and be like, Hey, can I get a lap dance? So I need Chris to go do it for me. So anyways, I tell Chris, Hey, go over to that chick and tell her i want to lap dance and then so he does and he gets over there and he gets this girl and she's super russian and it's great she's super hot blonde russian and she's giving me a super good lap dance and she's telling me all these amazing things about myself like how big my how big my dick is (laughs) and how lucky i am and all these different things and all i believed every bit of it you're the only handsome man here exactly i believed every fucking word of it so we had fun there we ran out of money so we started walking back and i'm telling all the guys about how much this stripper loved me and how like dude i'm the man and all this stuff and i'm like going on and on and on off of my own little world and i'm about to step off into the crosswalk to uh cross the street back to our hotel and chris grabs me by the collar and yanks me back at the same time this taxi goes by at like 95 miles per hour and would have just destroyed me so (laughs) chris say and it was like inches away from my face after chris pulled me back yeah so I probably would have died a very happy man. Yeah, Chris, at the peak. Chris, <laughs> Chris didn't let me, <laughs> didn't let me go yeah. in a hero fashion. It's, it's funny because we were yeah. we were having like a conversation and laughing or something, and then and then it, I just I saw it out of the corner of my eye go, so I put my arm up and stopped him real quick. It came by, and I was like, yeah. So then I was wondering where it was. I continued the conversation, and then Stephen realizing that his life just flashed before his eyes I was like, okay. wow, that was so great. Yeah. This that, <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, I feel like I earned a very special place in Steven's life at that point. The little icing on the cake to this story is uh, 
we're all wondering where Matt got off to because he went to VIP early on and we haven't seen him for three hours. And we're like, oh no, <laughs> what happened to, what happened to Matt? He probably ended up at the, the jerky jerk massage. Well, three hours go by and we finally get a call from Matt and he says, where are you guys? Like really, really like rushed talking. And we say, Hey, well, we're walking, we're almost to the hotel. He's like, cool. I'm almost there. And we, he finally catches up to us and he's just like on the phone. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm on the phone with my bank. Hold on. As he gets off the phone and he tells us, I had to call my bank because I went back to the VIP with the girls. They said it was going to be free. I was back there for like an hour. We had a couple of drinks. And at the end of that hour, a big bouncer, six foot five, super buff comes up to me with a pad of paper, like a receipt paper saying, you need to pay this. And it was like $3,500 no. and we're in college, dude. And he's like, I don't have the money to pay that. And they told me it was free. He's like, you're going to sign this or we're going to have problems. And, uh, so he put the credit card down he signed it. And like he left because he didn't want to get his shit kicked in. And so he called his bank on the, um, way back to the hotel and said that his credit card had gotten stolen. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear those those strippers must have been in the back with his credit card, just like sliding it through the machine, like they were trying to like they were stranded on an island trying to start a fire. Yeah, ching, 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 going. yeah. So he they got it canceled, and he said that um, it worked. So hey, yeah. time. Matt sounds like the best person. Matt, to I, He's I a have fantastic so wingman. many fun stories with Matt in Vegas because he is a yes man and will do whatever you want to do. So uh, other stories that were fun. Chris, uh, Blair House Suites. I wanted to tell that story. We don't have time for that today. Um, Chris's birthday bash number one with fuckboy Steven. Chris's birthday bash number two where my parents found out I had tattoos. Uh, Chris's birthday bash number three where everybody was coupled up and there was drama at the top golf pool and uh there was a tropicana trip where i told everybody i'd pay for it if i won big and i won big and i didn't pay it i was being cheap um there was a time we stayed with uh ian at the cosmo and uh this dude that we're friends with brought a girl back to the room that had a big owl on her chest and he had sex with her and so we called him the owl slayer and she started smoking <laughs> <laughs> And she started smoking cigarettes in our room and we had to kick her out because it was a non-smoking room and our friend. What the fuck? Yeah. And, Tony, that's, that's encyclopedia. Um, there was a time that we, me, Richard and Mel went out to the Excalibur. He was our third wheel date. Um, there was a bartender at the pool that was pouring like full Bacardi drinks. I got blacked out drunk and fell asleep naked in the shower and Richard had to wake me up and saw my dick and there was a he was impressed <laughs> i'm sure he there was, was a chris and ian trip where uh we went to chris was flirting and trying to talk up this jersey girl all night mm, and uh, yeah. meanwhile me and ian played uh craps and won thousands of dollars while chris was striking out at the bar with this girl yep. because at one point this girl asked us to uh like be with her friends and her friends came up and they were like bigger than lizzo and that was not working for us uh yikes there was a bachelor party at the flamingo i got blacked out and tried to find a big old buff dude and i almost died of alcohol poisoning ricky's bachelor party edc1 edc2 life is beautiful with uh matt and uh the time that we uh embarrassed an asian lady at the slot machine with brett so i want to hear that one <laughs> That sounds like a great fucking series. Solid. That's gonna be good, man. Those so, are just so, those are just like the ones that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. But I think you've narrowed Matt down too, too much on that one. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> that part. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. You can, plus, you can piece together the clues. <laughs> I, I, I think this is gonna be like good future I, episodes for, I, you, for you, Steven. Those I, all I, the, I feel like yeah. these deserve the story. Yeah, I gotta think of some more. But I'm proud of you for finding your um, niche. Can't implicate anybody too much. We're all single on all these stories. 
I swear. Yeah, anyone gets mad at these, you know what? Relax. We're all okay. just trying to live our best yeah, you, life. You know you what know? you could do? That's right. And if you get upset, come over. You could put the Vegas. You could put these Vegas ideas on one of our Word docs, and I'll just we could just add to the stories as we think about them throughout the week. And if, I know. If you get, get really upset, give us a five stars. Yeah. Okay. okay. So before we sign out of this topic, um, paraphrasing quickly, Chris, Ryan, and. Angel, (laughs) share me. I want to hear your stories. Your uh, top, top one. Solid. So I had one where this was my early days of Vegas and I realized there's a way you got to go to Vegas. Like I would, the first few times I went there, I realized when you go to Vegas, you want to go to the clubs and when you go to the clubs, you need to have like a ratio of ladies to dudes. And then I also found out you need to wear nice clothes to get into the club. You need to specifically wear dress shoes and uh, and then you got to know people to text to get on the line. So this one time we went and there was, it was myself, a few guys, and then it was a bunch of ladies for, for one successful reason or not. Um, we were all friends. And so on the group chat, I was like, Hey guys, don't forget. We got guys got to wear dress shoes. We all get ready to go out. The the other guys were saying, Hey, I'm just going to, I got these like nice vans that it'll work out. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go down, we get in line, and as we're going through, the bouncer looks at their shoes and says, hey, those are not dress shoes. You guys are all out. The bouncer kicked all the guys out of the group except for me. <laughs> so now it became like eight eight girls to one Chris Hell yeah. on uh, the ratio. Yeah. So I was like, oh, baby, we are definitely getting in now. So we're, move, <laughs> we're, moving, up, we're moving up through the line. And we get, we get to a point where it's like, okay, lady, walk by, walk by. And then and then the bouncer aggressively puts his hand for him. He says, no, go in that line. And he points at this other line. Now, this other line has zero people in it. Zero. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm with I'm with the eight girls. And he's like, do I need to ask you again? Yikes. Or do I need to ask you to get <laughs> out of here? And I was like, oh, whoa, okay, okay, my bad, my bad. So, so I'm just like walking down this line. I'm looking back to my friends, and they're all like, where are you going? Like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. So I walk up. I get to the front. And I swear this guy must have been like ex NFL linebacker, big buff, scary looking dude, big mean face on it. And I walk up to him and he's like, you're probably wondering why you're in this line. Yeah, yeah. I'm with I'm with those people over there. And he says, do you know, do you know why they pick specific people to put in this line? I'm like, I don't know. He says, anytime a bouncer sees someone and they think they're under the influence of narcotics, they send them to me. <laughs> wow. And, and I'm like, I'm like, what? And he's like, so this is what's going to happen. I'm about to check your pulse. And before I do, do you want to tell me anything before I call the police? And I'm all, uh, okay, I'm kind of freaking out. Can we like, wait a minute? So he grabs my wrist, pushes down on it. And then when he lets off, I hear a click and I look down into a little stamp and he says, have a good night. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Give that man a raise. With me. So I, I, I got the go. I got the go in and I like I, was, I had to wait for all the now the lady line was like super long. So I had to wait for everyone to get in. But it was great. Let's say you, Ryan. So, so no, no good podcast is complete without a oh, fine yeah. poop story. God damn it. So I'm, I'm going to lead in this direction for one. No. This one started at one of the food courts. <laughs> what the fuck? And we went to the, the Nathan's Hot Dogs. Oh, boy. And my friend Kelvin is, ate a chili dog from there. Very excited. First of all, his name is Kelvin. Kelvin. <laughs> but Kelvin has, has like irritable. Does he know Matt? He has a notoriously weak stomach and like irritable bowel syndrome, kind of like Steven. Yep. So we, we go to lunch and then we're supposed to go meet some girls at, a, at the MGM Lazy River. So we get in somebody's car, they're driving from hotel to hotel, 
and Kelvin sat in the middle of the back seat and I was on the right and our other friend Bluff was in the, the left seat and like two minutes into ride he's like stop the car stop the car I gotta go <laughs> oh shit so then Bluff was like what the fuck's wrong with you he's like Bluff let me out let me out I was like and Bluff was like no what are you a fucking child you can wait you can wait <laughs> So then Calvin was like, I'm going to fuck you up. Let me the fuck out. And it turned into this big fight in the backseat. Jesus. And eventually Bluff finally let him out. And then Calvin just runs into traffic in the middle of the strip, hops over a fence, <laughs> and just disappears into a casino. And we didn't see him for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's quite a poop. And we, and we came back. He's like, yeah, I was just shitting for three hours straight. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the entire lazy That's river. That's good. He probably would have shut down the lazy river, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Someone pooped. Angel has only wow. PG stories from Vegas. All right. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. This is a story for the ages, okay? I put $20 in a slot machine. Now, this was the goldfish slot machine, which means it pays big between 1 and 2 a.m. So I was on, got up to 60, 70, 80, $90, got up to $130, lost my shit. Fortunately, I've been drinking all day. So I just kept going and I uh, lost it all. Can you believe it? <laughs> nice. I don't, I don't have many at all uh, crazy Vegas stories because uh, I'm not as crazy as y'all. It's okay. We need someone to ground us. 10-4. All right. My crazier stories were before I was even 21 in Vegas and we would just go How'd you make and that drink? Work? Well, you'd go and then you just drink in the room and carry around your road soda the whole time. Yeah. Mm. That's still my favorite thing to do in Vegas. Get drunk on my own and walk around the strip and people watch. Well, the people watching hasn't gotten any worse. I'll tell you that. It's pretty pretty stupid out there. <clears throat> I don't know if the strip is my jam anymore. I, I like to go to some other places in near Vegas or Vegas, not the strip. It's like Hollywood. What's the Boulevard. craziest place? What's if to, if if we were leaving tonight, Chris, Ryan, Stephen, the number one place you would take us and the fellow jiggers would be where? Like in circus, Las circus. Vegas? What? <laughs> Shut up, dude! I'm being serious. Specifically in Las Vegas? <laughs> yes, yeah, specifically in Las Vegas. We're leaving tonight, dude. We got the flight Southwest. Let's go. We're gonna okay. arrive there in the this morning. This is what we're gonna do. First thing we're gonna do where is we going? uh, we're gonna get out of the airport, and there's a bar about a mile north of the airport. That's a full arcade bar, full like uh, drinks, everything. You just pay like twenty bucks to get in, unlimited gaming. It's sick. You guys would like it a lot. And the beers there, they have a eighty taps on the wall great well is this the same bar from the hangover this episode? it is from the nashville episode yeah. but it would be our first Perfect. stop just to get our feet wet Temp get a couple of drinks then we would go to the cost well are we ready for food no we don't want food yet fuck food we're gonna go wow i was just looking for like let's go to the flamingo if that exists oh. anymore i think it's the it, it, but the you're, you're straight up let's plan the day no then we're gonna go somewhere to gamble so let's go to like old old strip like go to the circa in the downtown um <clears throat> that's a good place to gamble we're gonna have a really good time there, getting wasted and gamble uh and then when we get hungry we're gonna go to the cosmo and eat on the third floor with a secret pizza and then we'll go to the the secret yes. donkey mezcal bar what yes and we, we gotta get the tequila with the bell on top and if you're feeling yeah and then we'll do that y'all are speaking code to me dude i could i could show you a good time baby okay now everyone See, look oh. under your <laughs> seats what you're gonna find are tickets no, i'm just kidding 
Oprah episode. That was good. That was good, Stephen. I, I, I like that detail. I would. Uh, it, it's funny that you thought about it. Like you're like, I'm go to this location, go to this location, because I realized the way that I was pitching it is we're okay. We're gonna go to MGM because first our room is gonna be at MGM. Then we're gonna go to the Lazy River at MGM. Then we're gonna go to Top Golf at MGM. Then we're gonna go and get some buffet or some lunch or Nathan's hot dogs at MGM. Then we're gonna go take a nap at MGM. And then we're gonna go out to the club and bar at MGM. And in the morning, we're gonna go to the Vegas sports book in MGM to yeah. watch football. MGM is not a sponsor, by the you way. You could do all that there. I think the the circa is my new favorite place because to watch sports, it's so fucking good. By far the IMAX. best. By far. All right, let's pass it on over. My topic has to end. All right, back to your fucking wheel, Angel. Chris, real quick, where would you go? We sh- we touched down in Vegas. What are we doing for the day? We're, we're going to MGM. Oh, that's right. You already said MGM like a million yeah, times. Okay. Yeah, it's all the M- it- Ryan Circus Circus, the oh, Adventure Dome, baby. I love Circus Circus <laughs> from childhood. But are you serious? As an adult. No, it'd probably be a hangout at MGM and the Laser. Yeah. Baby. Oh man, that sounds okay. good. Can we go, guys? Yeah, let's, let's go. It. Let's go. And then at night we're gonna go to Zach Brand. Zach, what is it? The the Haunted Museum. Zach Brown fan. Oh, the Haunted yeah, Museum. Yeah, we're gonna do some investigative journalism. Oh, I forgot. MGM also has a arcade bar that we would also hit along the way. I I would hardly consider that an arcade bar. Really? There's like two machines there. That's not an arcade bar. It's a themed bar top. You mean like? But it's but it's got air hockey. Got air hockey, man. And Pike Pike's Peak. Yeah. And that like Frogger yeah. game where you're like you got to cross traffic and not get ran over. Where the fuck did Steven go? I think he went to Vegas. What a dick. I think so. Dude, it's like Southwest. You could get a good $100 flight to Vegas. I've yet to ever see that. I've done it multiple times, but I, I specifically fly out of John Wayne. John Wayne and Ontario both do like a like a straight 40 minute, 40, 45 minute flight on Southwest. I had a coworker who had his, a daughter at UNLV said uh, if you book it in advance enough, it, each trip is like 20 bucks. Yeah, because no. you got to get the like want to get away value pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the downside is the flight back. There's not as many options, and they usually get booked up. So it's usually pretty cheap to get out there, and then I got to pay more for the flight back. But every once in a while, you get it to about a hundred bucks. Take a look. I bet you. I bet you. I might be able to get a flight to Vegas tomorrow night for hundred bucks from Southwest. No way. No way. Let's see. I don't believe it. While we're waiting for Stephen to come back. Ladies and gentlemen, post in the comments if you believe Chris tomorrow night can get a flight to Vegas under $100. There's no way. There has to be a way. But I don't believe it. Where there's a will, there's a way. All right, we're probably clarifying it is just to Vegas, the round, the return oh, flight fuck back. You. No, it's got to uh, be the round trip. It's got to be a round trip? Okay, well. Yeah, that's the point, unless you're going to stay right. there forever. I'm a little more nervous about my skills, but let's let's see what happens. Am I coming back on Sunday, I guess? Gosh, that's going to make yeah, it harder. Tuesday. Chris claims he can find Tuesday. round trip right. tickets Tuesday to will Vegas help. for 40 yeah, bucks. Tuesday, Tuesday. No, Tuesday. it was 100 bucks Tuesday. I'm doing Tuesday return. Yeah. This is what are you, be child? We're adults. Night. We have like three months vacation. Yeah, that's a that's a no. Look at Southwest. <clears throat> the yeah, well, th- that's that's where I am looking, but it's uh, so it's 150 bucks. Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you so much, Stephen. That was a wonderful topic down memory lane. <laughs> um, shout out to Matt. 
<laughs> Hopefully, may, may, we might have you on the we might have you on the on the pod. Uh, tell some stories. No, you can never have Matt. On Why the can pod? we never have Matt on the pod? <laughs> because it will incriminate. No, him. no, no. They won't know it's pod. They won't know it's pod. They won't Dude, know it's it Matt. Ruin his teaching career. What teaching career? He's a teacher. Absolutely, he is. So we'll never have the teacher. Yes, he is. Wink, wink. We'll never have the other guy who's definitely not a. All right. So uh, let's spin that raggedy wheel, shall we? Let's see here. All right, it's going to be between Chris and Ryan. It's going to be Ryan. We're going to press the spin button, and I press it now. It is spinning. It is still spinning. Spinning. It's stopping. On Ryan! All right, let's go. Holy dog shit. Ryan. All right. What do you got for us this week? So so this this time, my, my target... My target of convincing is lying on uh, Mr. Christopher. All right, let's do it. What? So, <clears throat> so this 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 tale I like to call it, where this canal goes, we don't need roads. This is a tale of one of the most well-known yet still most mysterious places in the world. You know where we're going tonight, Christopher? Amazon. The Vatican, baby. Ooh, good one. And more specifically, the Catholic Church. Ooh, in the Holy Land. I have been to the Vatican. You've been to the Vatican? Yes, I have. I have I have walked its halls. Oh shit. Yeah. No, you have not walked into the Vatican. Do you want me to well so how about as you're talking, I'll bring my photos up and I'll uh, post them for you. Well since you've been to the Vatican, Chris, can you tell me what lies underneath the Vatican? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I'll tell you what's underneath the Vatican, Christopher. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get that tour. I just got the tour that went through the top of the Vatican, and I got uh-huh. to see the Sistine Chapel. Well, underneath the Vatican, there's countless armed guards that wouldn't let you there anyway. Oh, is and that where the library is? In, if you thought you could sneak in, you'd be met with the most state-of-the-art security system with 50 miles of shells, secret documents, artifacts, and other goodies that Ooh, we're not allowed to know over about. Over the years. Well, wasn't that on, uh, uh, there was a movie about that, right? With Tom Hanks? Da Vinci Code. <clears throat> no. Da Vinci, Vinci Code, Code and Angels right. and Demons. So th- this area underneath the Vatican is known as the Secret Apostolic, Apostolic Archives. Cool. We could fill an entire decade's worth of podcasts based on what, what is in these archives. But tonight we're just going to talk about two men. Pellegrino Ernetti? He's a priest, a scholar, makes water. scientist, heir to the Pellegrino fortune, a drink, Benedictian monk, and he's known to study the occult arts. Our second person of interest is Francois Brun. He's a priest from France. Now, one day, these two men are traveling down the canals discussing the finest arts. And Francois says, Oui, oui, Godfather Part Two is far superior than the original. Pellegrino. I simply cannot agree with you. With such erroneous statement, Francois, I find this to be an affront to my culture, but I ask why. Francois, well, you see, the second film contrasts the lives of Michael and Vito. Really has me thinking about how we can interpret the Bible differently. As men of the cloth, wouldn't you agree that this really makes you think about our lives and dedication to the church? Pellegrino simply stared into Francois's eyes, almost burning a hole into his soul. The splashing of water in the canal is deafening to Francois's ears until Pellegrino finally breaks his silence. Well, you are wrong. Francois, 
stares at him in a gasp. Oh, the whole point of art is for interpretation. Even if you believe Godfather 1 is superior, it does not make me wrong. And Pellegrino just shakes his head and says, Well, the Godfather 1 is the better of the two films. You're wrong about the interpretation of the Bible, my friend. There's only one truth. And Francois turns red with rage and says, But! And Pellegrino cuts him off before he could finish his sentence. You know what he says, Christopher, to Francois? What does he say? He says, I have invented a device that allows me to see all historical events, to see the truth with my own eyes like I was there. I have seen the crucifixion of Christ with my own eyes. So Pellegrino has seen many other events, Chris. He's seen Napoleon Bonaparte deliver a speech to his army. He's seen a performance of a lost Roman tragedy by the poet Ennius. He's also witnessed the, the signing of the Treaty of Westphalia, which occurred in 1648. He saw the construction of the Tenth Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem. He's even witnessed the journey of Dante through the, through the rings of hell. You know what device he created, Christopher? What did he create? He created a device known as the Chronovisor. Coronavirus? The, the Chronovisor. Chrono, not Corona. Chrono. The Chronovisor. This device will allow you to see any moment in time that you've programmed into it. You don't travel to the event. You simply see the event on the screen like a television, but it operates similar to how modern ghost hunters collect EVPs through audio devices. What do you think about this device, Stephen? I don't think about it because it's fake. You're full of shit. Let me finish my story. Why do you think it's fake? Why do you think it's fake, Stephen? I just told you that there's 50 miles of secrets underneath the Vatican. Mm, 50 miles of lies. Hidden truths is Mm. what we call them, Stephen. They're hidden very well, then. Christopher, what do you think about the chronovisor? Oh, I could totally believe it. I think there's all kinds of uh, sketchy things that go on below the Vatican. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I think over the years, there's been a lot of weird historical things happening um like that like he's even he's referencing uh we have a lot of like the temple of solomon for example we have a lot of detail on what that looks like i know it's described in like the bible for example but the some of these pictures i see i was like wow that seems very spot on it's almost like someone was there Mm -hmm. very interesting you know what ryan angel Angel, don't don't interrupt Angel. Steven, even though Angel interrupts you as much as he wants, but don't interrupt him. He was, he was speaking. Oh, I didn't say jack fucking shit. Can you repeat <laughs> the goddamn question? What do you think of the chronovisor, Angel? Uh, it sounds like COVID too much, and I don't trust it. So. That's what I think. Well, anyway, let me, let me tell you about the invention of this device. So, uh, Pellegrino started inventing this device in 1952. He was studying, studying and restoring recordings from early Christian music. And while studying the tapes, the school's founder overheard what he believed to be the voice of his own father argue with another man over the cost of shoe wax. What? Yes. This man had never heard his father argue about shoe wax, but he was 100% certain that this was, in fact, the voice of his father was not a memory because he never witnessed such a thing. But it was a recording of a moment of time, of a very mundane event, of his father just arguing over shoe wax. And this, con- this, this, this just overcame Pellegrino, and he was obsessed. And he was certain that the, if he found this one event, there's a way to access recordings of the past. He assembled a team of 12 scientists over the years to create a device to view these recordings. Only two of these have ever been 
publicly disclosed. But one of them was Enrico Fermi, a Nobel Prize winning physicist that created the world's first nuclear reactor, and Nazi rocket scientist Werner von Braun. Mm. Now, this group of scientists discovered that with light and sound, you can convert it into energy and find a way to access memories within this energy to replay events just like you would watch a TV show. Now, when the team realized what they had created, they took to the device the Pope Pius XII. You know what the Pope said, Christopher? What did he say? The Pope said that this device was far too dangerous and ordered it to be immediately destroyed. Because in the wrong hands, it could be disastrous to the world, allowing people to discover all kinds of national secrets and manipulate others in the world for one's own greed. But the Pope clearly lied because this device still exists to this day underneath the uh, underneath the Vatican. No, it doesn't. Now let us return to our, uh, <laughs> know, our conversation between Francois and Pellegrino. After hearing this tale, just like all of you, Francois looked puzzled. Oh, well, this is a fantastical tale that rivals the interest of the Godfather. But do you have proof? Pellegrino said, my friend, of course I can provide proof. And Pellegrino did indeed provide proof. He claimed that, as we mentioned earlier, he had seen a play written by, by Quintus Ennius. Now, this play was lost to time. We had fragments of it, but Pellegrino had witnessed the entire play and just transcribed it themselves. The play was Theestis, and this play now exists transcribed to this day by Pellegrino. This is real-life evidence that you can find a copy of to this day and find that it was indeed published by Pellegrino Ernetti. Pellegrino can no longer tell you this tale because he died in 1992, but he was telling this tale to the world up until the day he died. And Francois, he just passed away in 2019. And to the day he died, he swore the device was real as well. And these are very respectable men within our society that swore it exists. And there's physical proof, Stephen, that you can go find in a library right now. Oh, I believe that people are claiming this device exists, but I feel like if it did exist, then people would be able to, we'd see more miracles in the world. Like what proof? It's not about miracles, Stephen. It's about historical um, Okay, events. so they can basically read vibrations in the universe and recreate. How, how would they dis, like cipher... Um, how would they pick out the vibrations that actually were big deal? Wouldn't there be just so much noise no. in the universe that how could they pick a big event like Napoleon Bonaparte uh, delivering a speech or, you know, the poet thing that you're talking about? How could they find that vibration versus all the other junk that's left out there in the universe? Well, how, how do you turn your TV to HBO and watch Game of Thrones? The exact episode you want to watch. It just fucking works, oh. Steven. Were you suggesting they also had a remote? And a smart TV. It had dials. It had dials, Angel. I've seen pictures. Why don't you share the pictures? It's because it's not good for audio. Uh, we're looking at it right now. We're looking at it right now. I'm the looking at so many pictures I sent to y'all, and you haven't you haven't even gotten distracted. Good for you, because they're very distracting. Massive, massive personalities. And um <laughs> is that is that what we're calling it? So so I'm totally on board with Ryan on this type of stuff. So like the the weird history stuff, that's I'm I'm usually that's my game right there. So because two things. One, on Netflix, I was watching this ancient apocalypse and it was starting to point out that you have uh 
you have all these civilizations that talked about like a lot of them talked about a worldwide flood and then this like mythical character arrives on the scene and teaches them how to rebuild humanity like and the aztecs had this like quincical guy that was like a flying snake now the aztecs were able to build pyramids but they did not have the wheel the wheel so they managed to build all that nonsense without the will. And I'm kind of surprised, Mike, how do you how do you get that far down the road without getting something like a wheel figured out? And and then you look in like the Philippines and there's another pyramid, same same style. And it's annotated. It, it does the whole like uh, on the winter solstice or the summer solstice is pointing in the perfect direction. Then there's mounds in, uh, I think it was like Wyoming that do the same thing. And then we're talking about mounds on Crete in the Mediterranean, same thing, pointing, recording the heavens, astronomy, things like that. So, and then if you wrap all that up, then you start going into some old black and white pictures where you're like, hey, how come that guy looks like he has a cell phone in his Ooh, hand? I love those how come, pictures. How come that guy looks like he has a, a phone? That's kind of weird out of place. Who taught Tesla how the, like electricity works? Like we just stumbled across um, actually, that? Actually, Chris, um, the Egyptians did have wheels, but they didn't use them in the sand because they would get bogged down. That's a common misca. The Az- you said the Egyptians. Aztecs. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about the, the Aztecs, bro. E- e- Egyptians had wheels. The Aztecs did not have wheels, but they built better pyramids than the people that did have the wheels. The math behind the pyramids doesn't work because if you if you thought about how long it would take to cut those stones and how heavy they were and how perfectly designed it is, it's impossible with the technology that we believe they did have. And they laid they laid out the foundation according to the stars that move at night with the exception Aztecs of the North Star. had toys that had wheels on them, but they never used wheels in practice, uh, like because of terrain or whatever. So curious to what they did use. They also built their civilization in the middle of a lake. They created an island and bridge mass in the middle of a lake, and then they built their city on that. That's pretty high profile stuff. And I, when I look at that, I'm like, dude, some like super intelligent being, something came and I think prepped those guys. Look, this is how crop uh, rotation works. This is how astronomy works. This is how engineering works. So, and I could totally see uh, the Vatican. There's all kinds of really, I bet you there's all kinds of really cool artifacts down there, weird stuff. Like they probably have the, uh, 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 what is it? The, the, Ark of the Covenant. That's the one I'm looking for. The Ark of the Covenant is probably down there. Yeah. And and St. Peter's Square is huge. Huge, 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 huge. And and so they own all the land below that. And then on top of that, the Vatican, they don't have to. um, They're their own country. So they don't have to let anyone in or listen to anyone's rules, but their own. Yes. So yeah, there's weird I stuff. People just I'll take this as a win since I convinced Christopher this week. Sure. That yeah, we're on have. the same wavelength makes makes the lie straight to my soul hurt even more. Ryan, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. Okay. As you're, I, I hear it in your voice. Your confidence is rising, and that's a problem. So <laughs> I have been going to Catholic school since I was a wee lad. And uh this sounds like a conspiracy theory. This sounds like uh crazy stuff. I'm not buying it. Uh, have you not listened to my topics before? Okay, uh, that's what I do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, and I bought into one curse objects. But uh, I mean, crazy stuff does happen, like in, at the bottom of you know a whale and shit. But mm, you know, you know, 
That's where the the imagination. Sure, it's all right, Angel. I've got my next week's topic all picked down. It's targeted straight for you, baby. I think you guys are missing a very critical fact too. that it's all hearsay. Do you, yeah. Do you think? Do you think I, I have evidence? It is all hearsay. Do you think the Vatican makes a lot of money? Yes. Oh, that's a all, trick question. All of the Catholics out there. How many Catholics do you think exist on the planet? I'm one of ten. them. It's got to be billions. So if there's ten billion people on the planet, how many do you think are Catholic? Seven billion. One percent. Google. The seven little high. So Google is saying 1.3 billion. So basically, 10 percent of the population of the planet is related to well, the Catholic that's Church. Christianity now, as a whole. For yeah, that might be lumping that in, but that I guess to a degree that's besides the point. So imagine you have 1.3 billion believers out there, and they are funneling tithes and offerings to their various Catholic churches. All that money eventually gets pushed back to the Vatican. The Vatican probably has so much unbelievable money, they probably don't even know what to do with it. And I totally believe that they have this super-duper state-of-the-art security system down there. And when you have that much dumb money, you start working on little weird technology. Probably a bunch of dusty books. Artifacts, Stephen. I clearly said there's books and artifacts. What's your evidence that this device exists, Ryan? The transcript of the secret play that was lost to the sands of time, but he transcribed it. That's my evidence, Steve. Okay. I believe it now. Now, there may or may not have been other evidence that I found in my research that I debunked and choose to cherry pick out. Cause it so how would, how would, um, how would <laughs> they know that the play was transcribed correctly if there was no other record of the play? What if you just... Because it was masterfully written, oh, Steve. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Shakespeare. Like Shakespeare had such a, such a noticeable iconic style that you could pick him out. You're like, yeah, that's Shakespeare. Did you know Shakespeare was fake? Shakespeare was real. What? Shakespeare no, was real. Shakespeare's a real guy. How dare you? Shakespeare is correct, but it was actually uh, many writers. There's not a single Shakespeare. What? 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 No. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I would believe Santa Claus is real before I believe that. There's a movie about it. It's called Anonymous. Anonymous. This is I, a, I, I, what? I don't click on those links. This is a conspiracy yeah, theory yeah, I learned when I was in college, and one of my one of my teachers in college was so mad about it. If we ever brought it up, she would just flip out and say it was the stupidest idea in the world. Someone's in denial. I had a teacher who was so mad. She was short, right? And during Christmas, she'd always have these really annoying um, ornaments that had batteries. So one time I had her reach up on the chalkboard and I measured kind of exactly where the highest point of her reach was. And the next day I taped those batteries just out of reach. Wow. That's just rude. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> that's, that's like three for three, I'm just bro. being honest, man. I'm just being honest. That's how I was. I thought it was fine. Right. Back, back to your fucking wheel, Angel. I'm going to get a glass of water. Let's see. Who's left? Spin that We're wheel. Spin the wheel. We've got uh, one person left. Spinning. Spinning. Here we go. Here we go. Who's it going to be? Oh, oh. Chris. Oh, oh. oh baby. Congratulations. I knew, I knew it. All right. So this week, decisions were made. Chris takes a walk through the woods. So my group had been going up and down those ridges all day. We were burned out, tired. We said, we got to do this better. We got to figure it out. So my buddy said, hey, man, I got a secret spot. You down? I said, sure, man. Let, let, let's do this. He's like, all right, but here's the thing. We need, they need to drop us off at the road at 2 a.m. I'm like, 2 a.m.? He's like, yeah, man. Hey, man, this hardcore, you in, you out. I said, all right, I'm in. So 
We wake up at 1 a.m., get all of our gear together, get in the truck. They drop us off at the road at 2 a.m. There's a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And I say, okay, what are we doing? He's like, all right, man. So we probably got an hour and a half hike from here to the spot. And hopefully we'll be there before the sun comes up. It's 2 a.m. right now. Like, all right. So just him and I alone walking through the snow, trudging our own path. And I'm so thankful that he's familiar with the area because I really had no idea where we were going. I think this was uh, maybe my second time to the area, but when we got to where his secret spot was, I had not gone that far in there. So, so we get we we go up this last trug of a hill, and like we're trying not to break a sweat, right? So we're we're walking, we're hiking hard, but we don't want to start sweating because when we sit down, we're gonna freeze up because it's snowing on us. So we get to this last spot, and he's like, "Okay, man." I'm gonna go over here to the left. You go over here to the right. Just find one of those trees, sit in front of it, look uphill. We should see him before sunrise. Sounds good, man. So I go over there, I find my little spot, kind of dig out a little snow spot for me to sit in, and I'm just sitting there. And I'm I'm cold, thinking about what to do. And it was like just the little like the sun hasn't even come up yet, but you get that first light. I hear noise uphill from me so my my uh, vision glances up and i get ready and i'm like oh man it's about to happen and i see a black bear and that black bear is full gallop speed full sprint coming downhill coming straight at me wow so i'm sitting there i'm like okay what well what crosses my mind is so grizzly bears they're, they're going to beat you up, right? Grizzly bears are not scared of humans. Black bears are smaller. They might get scared of me. So I have two, I have two ideas. I can either sit here and hope he doesn't see, smell, or notice me. Or two, I can stand up and yell and swing my arms, and maybe I'll be just enough that he doesn't want to mess with me. So as I'm figuring out what to do, that bear comes running down, and he runs right by my tree. I would say he was within 10 feet of me. And he ran past my tree and just continued down the hill. Didn't bat an eye, didn't blink, did nothing. And I swear, if he would have got any closer, he probably would have slipped on the stuff running down my leg. No, I was going to ask if you shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to dive into the why and the where. Why was Chris there? So the first thing I want to talk about is I grew up in Yucca Valley. Do you guys know where Yucca yeah. Valley's at? deep ass desert pooping it is deep deep desert if you're in palm springs you go north about two hours in the middle of the godforsaken desert that's where yucca valley's at and uh you know fun fact i was trying to think about how many people lived in yucca valley you guys want to take a guess uh, it's 565,000. 000. some good guesses all right so i got it right here there you go current population twenty one thousand. And when I was going to high school there, it looks like it was 18,000. So <laughs> not a lot of change. Going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, it's, so Yucca Valley is the blue line that this graph that I'm looking at for our uh, audience who can't see it. There's like Yucca Valley has basically been a s very small city increase over the last 20 years. 20 in Palms for some reason. Man, dude, in what, what, what year is this? Like 20, 
it's like 1999. It went from 14,000 to 32. It doubled in population. That was some Y2K sex right there, baby. Yeah, That's what, uh, man. Me it just, it just me got and Matt rolled through there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you and Matt. <laughs> so now the question I have for you guys, what are the fun things to do in Shoot Valley? Shoot guns. Shoot guns. Go to got Chris it. Gray's first wedding. Uh, first wedding. Got it. <laughs> go to a questionable bar. Question. There's probably multiple questionable bars there. What is it, 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 when you say questionable? Is there anything specific? Is it like the the liquid is questionable? The people are questionable. The the structural integrity of the bar is questionable. I, I want open rusty nails. I want dirty beer glasses, and I want missing teeth. Yikes! Solid, solid, cool. Anything else? Uh, like any any other like realistic stuff? Like uh, maybe realistic is not the right word, but uh, is there anything cool nearby? Nearby, probably a hike. Joshua Tree hiking. Yep, I had hiking on here. I had Joshua Tree National the Park. Looking at yucca yep. plants. Yep, it's got to be at least one strip nope, club. No, it's in Cathedral City. There. We would know. We drove down to it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So for all of my off-road enthusiasts, um, King of the Hammers is in Lucerne Valley, right right outside of Yucca Valley. So that was kind of like it's like a big off-roading mecca. And then uh, camping, and it was the before they built the 15. It was the old route to Needles and Vegas. So a lot of people go to the river. So those are some cool things to do. Now I was starting to think of what were the fun things that I did in Yucca Valley when I was a kid, and the items that I wrote down here was giant trampoline. I think Stephen talked about he had one of those, and it was fantastic, especially if it had no safety net on it. It was real joy, right? So giant trampoline, uh, climbing non Joshua trees. Because uh, the Joshua tree ones are painful to climb, um, we I just I wrote down that we would play in the desert. <laughs> any idea? Any idea what that would consist of? It was probably like sledding down sand hills and yep, catching scorpions. Mm-hmm. Finding random stuff, finding random like uh, uh, dump sites, like people just dump mattresses and burn them or something. Digging holes. Yep. yep. <laughs> life. Uh, so we would do freeze tag through the desert, which was kind of ironic because the desert is loaded with this thing called choya. I don't know if you guys have inter ever interacted with some good old choya. No. Choya cactus. So it's like, it's just this one where if, if it's on the ground, it's like if you step near it, it can like fling itself onto you and it's like kind of painful to get off. Mm. We do uh we do hide and go seek in the desert. Uh, we I put down here fun hikes, not like a grueling hike, but hey, let's go let's go walk up to the radio tower or let's go let's go walk up to the entrance of Joshua Tree or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, I had construction toys, and now there was not a blade of grass at my parents' house, so we just had dirt everywhere. So I'd use my construction toy to like scoop stuff up. Right. Um, we played this game called Predator. So, yeah. <laughs> so basically you have like one guy stand there, he'll stand on a rock or something and everyone else is hiding. So the idea is the predator looks around and he sees if he can physically see somebody and then he would close his eyes and he would count to like three or five. And while his eyes are closed, everyone else needs to get closer to him and then get another hiding spot. And you want to be the first person to actually touch him. But if he can look out there and he says, Hey, I see a, I see a foot sticking out, you're out. So it was like a run, hide, run, hide. And then my, my last personal favorite uh, one was called Stop the Flood. So what I would do is I would take my dad's hose 
and I would turn it on real slow at like the high end of the yard and I would build a dirt dam and the water would build up, build up. And then when it's about to go through the dirt dam, I would back up and I would build another bigger dirt dam and another one. And I would proceed to flood the backyard, (laughs) but it was fun starting it. Um, Now I got two questions for you guys. Have you guys ever heard of a hula ho? Yes. What? Tell me about it. I know nothing about it, but I've heard the word hula. Never heard a of that. Hula ho. So you have yeah. How about how about a ho? Anybody know what a ho is? Yeah, I know a ho for show. <laughs> She's a ho for so, show. So, so like I said, we didn't have grass, but we grew weeds. Now the trick is you can't have a bunch of weeds in your front yard because that's like sloppy desert people. So you had this hula ho, which is basically a stick with kind of a square or rectangle metal piece on the front. And you would just slide it through the dirt and it would just shave uh, weeds off. So you would you'd cut up all the weeds and then you would rake them up. And then my dad would take it one step further. He said, hey, our front yard, once you're all done raking everything up, you are going to rake nice straight lines in our front yard because that consisted of having like a nice finely mowed grass. That'll keep them busy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then what about a swamp cooler? Have you guys experienced yep. a swamp cooler? I, I've heard of those as well. Me too. I'm actually interested. Air conditioner. Yeah. With a cooler. Yeah. So, so Yucca Valley is a more poorer area and i could tell that when they built things like a lot of houses had swamp coolers on them which are cheaper than regular air conditioners so like an air conditioner legit creates cool compressed air and slowly cools the house down the way a swamp cooler works is it's a big box on your roof and it has these like sponge filters on them so you turn the pump on first which would get the things wet and then it would it would you would turn a fan on they would pull air from the outside through the cool wet spongy thing and inside the house so it would be slowly cooling the house that way it was like a cheaper version now it's funny because i thought yucca valley was a small town but i actually found out that my grandparents lived in scranton arkansas and i checked the current population of scranton arkansas and found that it was 224 people oh shit (laughs) yeah go figure (laughs) now the reason that i say all those things is one of the things that my dad my dad did this a lot when he was a kid he did it with his dad in arkansas and then when he came out here uh he did it more with his dad and then he kind of passed that on to me and it is hunting um when i was a kid we'd go like quail hunting deer hunting rabbit hunting dove hunting things like that and i started realizing that some of those uh games that i played as a kid actually helped me be really good at it like the fact of hiking through the desert, uh, climbing trees, uh, playing hide and go seek, freeze tag. I think that all kind of helped uh, make me better at it. But uh, uh, there's a few things that I wanted to talk about on hunting, specifically deer hunting here in California. And one, I think you need to have your own personal set of morals on it. So my big thing is uh, I only hunt things that I'm going to eat. So you're not going to find me hunting a coyote or a bear or an elephant or anything like that. Like I really just stick to like deer and elk for the most part. Um, I also think you need to be super duper 100% safe with firearms. You need to take ethical shots and you need to be able to carry it out yourself so you can like really appreciate what you're doing there. So I wanted to talk about deer for a second. You guys know what a deer is, right? You saw movies? Yep. What would you say are some great survival features that deer have? They've got uh, strong ears to hear you coming. 
Okay, so let's start with ears. Okay, ears, good point. Um, they can hear you coming. So I yeah, researched this. And <laughs> miles. So do you know the, uh, the hertz level of frequency that humans can hear? It goes, we, humans can hear up to 20,000 hertz, which doesn't mean a whole lot to us. Okay, 20,000 hertz. So, so like if you go above that, you get to that noise where like dogs hear it, but you can't type of thing. So deer can hear 54,000 hertz, meaning they can hear noises you don't even know you are making, like unzipping your pants and taking a leak. They can hear that. They can also hear branches snap 400 yards away. So how do you counteract that, Ryan? You wear booties. You wear booties. You, be, uh, you wear booties, yeah. Would you say you go slow in those booties? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when we were in Colorado, my dad and I realized that we would have to, if we were in really snappy grass, we'd have to wait for the wind to blow. And as the wind would blow, you would take your few steps and when the wind would stop, you'd have to wait until the wind blew again. Now, Steven said once, Steven, you said, you said strength or agility, agility, speed. Yeah. Agility. Gotcha. So do you know how big a deer's heart is? It's pumping heart. Hmm. It's about the size of two softballs next to each other. So that great big thing allows them to go up the ridge and down the other side in no time. Cause it's pumping all that blood and they're super athletic. The, other thing I noticed, or actually, so on that one, Stephen, how do you think you would how how do you think you would counteract a deer that's very strong, agile, and can run really fast uh, with a gun? <laughs> like uh, like lead it. What do you mean? <laughs> like well, so okay, so if a deer takes so so Ryan was talking about, hey, they can hear you, so that so the trick we're doing to hunt them better is we walk real quietly, or maybe we try to get set up in a spot where we don't have to move around a lot. Now, if they're, if they're super athletic and they look up and they see you and they start running, how can you counteract that? You don't. Right. My counteract for that is have swear words at the ready because <laughs> yeah. there is nothing you're going to do about that thing. He's going up and down and you're not going to do anything about it. All right. So we got two. I had one, two. I have three more. Any guesses? Uh, their survival abilities? Camouflage. Smell. They can smell really Okay. Good. So let's start with smell and then we're going to talk about camouflage. So smell. I read here that they can smell a half mile away. Mm. And even no, no, no matter how much like descenting soap that I use, I feel like if they still get a wind of something that's not normal for the desert, it's going to it's going to scare them away. How would you counteract that, Stephen? Um, you have to figure out the wind situation and make sure your scent is being carried towards. Yes, them. exactly. You always want to stay downwind of them and you don't always know where they're at. So the idea is if I'm going to, if I'm going to walk West, I'm hunting in a Westerly direction. I want to make sure that the wind is blowing East in my face so that it's so that the things behind me can smell me, but the things I'm walking up on, I can't smell me. Uh, camouflage. So, so Ryan, I want to talk about this in two fashions. So I want to talk about it in the idea of their, their eyesight first. So deer have huge eyes, lit in lots of light, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently, apparently their strength is, uh, they can, so they have eyes on the side of their head. So we have eyes in our front of our head. So it kind of creates like a big globe of being able to see stuff but they see the best in like low light conditions. And then on top of that, 
their highest thing is detecting motion. Their their uh, detail, like I think I think twenty twenty vision at twenty yards, we probably see a little bit better than they do, but they see fantastic with motion. So the trick is, and 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 if there's any other hunters out there, you'll be one where you'll see a deer and and you'll like breathe, and he'll suddenly look at you, and it's like he's looking into your soul. And you're freaking out. You're like, don't move. Don't do this. The trick is he doesn't truly see you. He thinks he sees something and he's spending time trying to figure out what you are. But if you move, he's going to panic. So uh, how would you counteract that? Ryan? I would wear pig's blood. Okay, we're on, we're on camouflage. Pig's blood. I would... <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Pay attention, Ryan. <laughs> I, would, I would wear clothes that match my surroundings. Okay, gotcha. So on a side note from that, what... How many animals on the planet have? Well, actually, let me take a step back. What would you say would be if if it was one single color? What would you say would be the best camouflage color? Brown. Brown. Okay. Is there any other runner-ups? Green. 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 So green's the one I was looking for. Brown's a very good one as well. Win this. Uh, but if you are in a dense forest, green would be better. Now, how many animals on the planet? How many? mammals on the planet have green fur 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 yeah mammals specifically mammals Zero. green fur. only one which one grinch yeah solid <laughs> that is good that is good one now there's no why on earth is there no green animals that have green fur if that's the best camouflage and then you have something like a tiger and a tiger has orange camouflage right they're colorblind so Yes, deer are colorblind. Do you know that when a deer looks at, when they look at something that's orange, it actually produces it in a green color. Oh. Making tigers having the absolute best camouflage for a deer. So you're saying, you're saying that deer, when they look at tigers, it looks like the tiger from the crudes. Yes. And I'm actually what? going to, I'm actually going to put it here. Oh, that's right. You've the crudes did the have crudes. a green Yeah, they did. I'll, I'll, let me tell you something uh, about uh, Grand Cinema, Ryan. Please watch the crew. Thank you. Oh. Here you go, Angel. So what I'm showing on the screen is all my viewers, if you just Google or a uh, tiger camouflage, they will show you what a deer sees, and then they'll show you what we see. And so we see green branches, orange tiger. A deer sees green branches, green tiger. Wow. So lo and behold, for all those hunters out there that are like terrified of if I wear orange, all the animals are going to see me. Um, you, a, you wear orange for the other hunters so the other hunters don't shoot you. And you don't need to worry about the green or you don't need to worry about the deer seeing your green as well. Huh, look at They're Angel. Orange. He's wearing his chronovisor. Chronovisor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And then the la okay, so last thing I got on here. So I titled this one Routine. So when I go after this deer, I am in his backyard and he's going up and down these trails that he's been going all the time for his over the course of his life. He wakes up before sunrise and he's in bed by 9 a.m. And then he wakes up at dusk and likes to feed at night. And with that being said, my deer season is about five weeks long. So out of the entire year, I have a grand total of five weeks to find one of these guys and take him down. So I started, I started thinking to myself, does all, does it sound hard to get a deer? Yes, it does. It's not hard. It sounds like quite like, the challenge. It's, it's not no, hard. I go to, there's, they're on the golf course that I go to all the time. 
Those are domestic deer. <laughs> true, true. Drive down the highway. <laughs> it must be hard because Chris hasn't gotten one yeah. in like five years. So. Yikes. That that is correct. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me. <Dick. laughs> Been a severe lack so, of deer sausage in my belly. I have some pictures from this desert here, and Angel reminded me that we should probably post it for all the listeners out there on our Instagram page or something that you guys can follow along. But I'm just showing some pictures of some deep hillsides in the desert, and these are pictures that I took, and I just see a lot of. A lot of desert and i see some areas that have like some trees and whatnot but when i look at these i'm like gosh this just sounds so hard to find a deer oh yeah this is a fun one so i have this one picture where i put a red circle on it so this was the end of the season and we were we hadn't seen a deer all season and we're on the last day in the afternoon we're starting to walk back to the truck and we're sitting by a tree and i'm looking around and i go there's a deer and this circle right here it's actually this itty bitty little black glob right here. When I looked through my binoculars, was a clear as day doe deer. How dare I you? Ex- How I dare you? Excited. Listeners, he's zooming into a pixelated nightmare. Okay, it looks like camouflage. CSI How do you guy. see that deer, Chris? <laughs> I don't see anything. Well, so, 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 th- so th- this is how it worked. I was looking through my binoculars, which made this a lot easier. Once I identified it, I tried to tell my two hunting mates where the deer was at. And I realized trying to trying to describe, hey, guys, see that tree over there? There's a deer right there. It was very difficult. So what I started doing is I this is my iPhone. I would take a picture and I would draw a circle and I would say, look here. And then when they would look at my phone, they look out there and like, oh, it's right there. I can see it now. So it was so this picture is really grainy because it's a super simple iPhone. Uh, not a sponsor, but through the binoculars, I was able to see this outline. But even that I thought was a little bit of a miracle. I was just kind of like, oh, hey, there's a deer right there. So, and I ranged it and it was 650 yards away. And I was like, well, I'm not taking that shot, but it kept looking over its shoulder behind this bush. It was next to it. And I was like, dude, there's gotta be a buck down there. So we said, hey, let's work our way down there and try and find it. We worked our way all the way down there and it left by the time we got there, but we realized it was the only, there was only, there was only one set of tracks. So there was no bucks there, but it was still exciting and exhilarating. Um, um, I went back to some of these other ones, these other pictures. So this is Colorado, a lot more green. This is where we were hunting elk at. Are you but on the left? Chris has a picture on screen. Are you the left person or the right person? So it's actually the person on the left is my dad, and the uh, the person on the right is my uncle from Virginia. So I'm taking the picture. But we were up on top of a ridge looking down. So this is one area, and then this was a shot that I was real proud of that we, we've kind of gone up and down these hillsides. But you just look out into this big wild, and you go, gosh, they're out there somewhere, but how am I going to find them? And then also when you hunt elk, we were, it was muzzleloader season. And so I saw, I found that I had a picture of a 50 caliber bullet that I have to use to hunt elk. And this is what it looks like in the palm of my hand. So go figure. Why has it got a blue tip? Uh, so it's actually a plastic tip. The idea is it's not a metal tip because that plastic is going to disintegrate and it's going to cause the bullet to start mushrooming which is going to give me more knockdown power for this thing that's bigger than a horse. Mm. Also, the tips matter, right? When you're hunting, you don't want to put lead into your fucking... Tips always matter. With your yeah, yeah, so it's it's a it's a case-by-case case case basis. Lead, lead tip has been typical for a long time because it has more knockdown power. It's like the densest material we're aware of. Um, but California and Colorado both banned fucking lead Gavin tips. Newsom. So this is an all-copper bullet. Goddamn hippies. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so this is an all copper bullet and and then we made a hollow like that and i thought it was ironic we were in the little one room cabin and i looked out the window and there was a deer sitting right there but it was not deer season it was elk season so i just had to wave at him where do you see the deer they're just colorblind i uh, oh you might not be able to see this you, you don't see, see it, it angel? that looks like a moose I see it now that he's zoomed in like a million times. I see the pixelation of what looks like the ass of a moose. That is correct. <laughs> it's a moose? No, no, this was just oh. a deer. Okay. Just a deer. Well, yeah. Deer. But I just thought it was ironic. They were like, oh, we're trying to find these animals. And then they're like eating grass right outside the cabin we were staying at. But go figure. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about uh, you're saying a set of ethics or something in the beginning, like your hunting ethics, like what you live by, like that you only hunt. Uh, things that you'll eat yes see my ethics is like i'm only gonna eat something i'm willing to kill well i don't follow that so i'm not <laughs> a very good person have you have you ever gone hunting steve uh no other than fishing okay. um but uh my philosophy is like i shouldn't eat something if i'm not willing to kill it and like looking at deer in the wild cows in the wild pigs in the wild I would never want I would never be able to pull the trigger on those types of animals. Like I'll kill a bird. Don't give a shit. I'll kill a fish. Don't give a shit. I've done it already. But like when it comes time to take down a big majestic animal, like a deer or a cow or a pig or whatever, man, I don't think I could do it. Especially not the cleaning part. Ugh. Dude, I don't want to yeah. gut. You, you know what? It's funny. It's kind of twofold there. Like, um, like in my life I have shot one, uh, deer and I shot one cow elk and so when I so elk you have a bull elk which is a male and you have a cow elk which is a female um, at that time there was an overpopulation situation so I, we were able to shoot a cow elk um, but both of those it's like I have it in the scope and it took me a minute like okay this is happening and then I shot it I was fortunate that on both of them I got the nice clean shot through the uh, through the lungs so by the time I got up to them they were done and then it's when you get up there, it's kind of like like I had to take like a quiet moment for myself to be like, OK, I got this. Like, oh, thank you. Like, thank you for giving me this opportunity to get this. I'm happy that I'm going to be able to eat this. Uh, my family's going to be able to eat this. And then I think the process of cleaning it kind of adds to that. Like like, let's say if I if I shot that and I didn't feel comfortable cleaning it, it would make me feel guilty and I would never want to go and and, you know, kill another animal again. I think that. I would enjoy the sport of it. And of course I would eat it if I killed it. Um, but just to accomplish, like you say, it's not, it's not like shooting fish in a barrel. Like when you're out there, you're really putting in a lot of hard work to try to find one. And if you did get the opportunity to shoot it and make a kill, I feel like it would be easier to pull the trigger in that respect because I'm like, Hey, I worked so hard for this, this is the payoff. This is the money shot right here. Yeah. The build up, yeah. And like the competition of it all, mm -hmm. the sport of it all. And then of course, then to honor the animal by eating it. Like I'll do that. I wouldn't want to clean it though, because I'd be worried I'd fuck something up. Like I would worry that I would contaminate the meat or something. Cause I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah. And I think that's the trick where I, I, I'm a firm believer in anyone that goes hunting, you should always go with a hunting buddy just in case something were to happen. Um, so my dad's been my hunting buddy. So he was able to coach me when I had to do it. And I remember when my buddy shot an elk and i was there with him to kind of talk talk through it and stuff so but you know, i i think i think if you have if you just if you think about it a little bit it wouldn't be too bad to to you can avoid really messing up the meat like if you just kind of follow the natural lines it'll work out i i didn't realize you could so, mess up the yeah meat. don't get the poop bag 
Well, okay, don't put yeah. the anus near the fucking no, meat. Like I when get you're cutting it. the stomach and stuff, there's like uh, like shit can spill out. Right. I mean, ten four. But is there any other way? I'm I'm I've never gone hunting. I've got bored at fishing, so I've never really caught my own stuff. So if we ever have an apocalypse, I'm fucked. Yeah, you are. I'm gonna be like Chris Gray. I'm gonna be I'm gonna suck your dick for some fucking. Whoa! <laughs> there's an upstairs <laughs> room go, at the Olympic Gardens waiting for you, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet, but I mean, that's that's great that you learned that skill. Chris, through you know, like especially having your father as a hunting buddy, I can't imagine having my father as a hunting buddy. Probably. And and a, a kind of like a few other fun facts I started thinking about it is uh, I found out that every year there is oh, oh yeah so if I I, ne- I make a point you never you should never push hunting on other people if if other people don't want to do it don't do it you don't make fun of them for not doing it and then I like I like to think it should come the other way like don't make fun of the guys that want to go hunting at the same time. Um, but like my, my, like my dad and I are part, are part of the Rocky mountain elk foundation. And so one of the things they do is you have this thing in the Rockies called chronic wasting disease. So the problem is like 10 plus years ago, there was too many elk, like way too many elk. The population got too big that the food started getting scarce and disease started. And this chronic wasting is almost like a leprosy for elk. It's kind of how it would be described. So, um, and, and that's when I was talking about at that time, you could shoot a bull or a cow elk because there was just so many. So fortunately, they were they released enough of those cow elk that we were able to bring the population down to a more balanced size. And now they're back to, you can only shoot a bull elk. And on top of that, it's like, like a bull elk will breed like, like 50 to 100 hundred cows of over like in one season so you know if 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 uh if you get if you pull one bull out of the equation another guy will slip in and still get all those get all those ladies um but the the idea is i like to think that i like to think that hunting has its good aspects where it can it can uh push back on these chronic wasting disease it can keep the population in check like on the east coast for example the white-tailed deer they are so loaded loaded with deer apparently every year there's over 1 million crashes on the highways oh where God. someone hits a deer and and they said on average it causes $3200 per crash which comes out to 3 billion dollars in damages per year and they said they estimate that every person in the country who buys car insurance, they need to pay approximately $25 a year to cover these deer crashes. So the the, the cowboys right here, each one of us are paying about 25 bucks just yeah, to handle the offset off. for the deer damage. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? he's got to start hunting more deer. There you go. And I, I guess in Iowa, they said last year, deer caused $275 million in landscape and, uh, uh crop damage agricultural damages nice. so which is i know so now they're bringing up the cost of our potatoes and whatnot chris so if i want to help this cause because i'm really upset that i have to pay an extra 25 dollars towards insurance just because just because of what you're describing are pests i mean you can use them for meat i'm sure but um what would be the ideal firearm to take care of these would it be an ar-15 would it be a glock well, so so it, it 
So the first thing I would say is always follow your state regulations. So like in the state of California, it lists the caliber sizes that you can use. So for deer hunting, I take a bolt action rifle. You could take an AR, but the round would need to be closer to like a 308 instead of like the little 223 that like, you know, like uh, uh, the National Guard would use. So and you would definitely not use a handgun for that either. Now, speaking of pests, uh, pigs are a terrible pest. Like we're, I mean, I'm, I was kind of poking fun at deer here on how they're a menace, but pigs, like they breed super quickly. They overrun everything. They go crazy. I mean, like in Texas, the rule is you can kill as many pigs as you want. And I feel like they should be using that to be like feeding the homeless. Like just, that's the one where they hunt pigs from like a helicopter. Cause there's just so many of them. They need to take them out. Yeah. Chris, you know, I have a brother in Arizona who actually, I didn't realize, I didn't even know this was a pig name. It's called, they're called javelinas. Yep. I was like, he's like, yeah, they, they're a pest, uh, to the, to the neighborhoods and they knock over trash cans. I'm like, we're going to have Pumbaa for dinner, dude. Like, but apparently there, there, there's issues there. So I, di- I didn't realize, um, and that reminded me of that. So, yeah. And, and so apparently and like in my uncle lives in Virginia. And so, so the, the joke that he told me is he says, when he registers to vote, they give him five deer tags. Like in California, I can only have one deer tag per year. And even with that, my, my success rate is very, very low. So, but in Virginia, there's so many, they said there's five, you get five deer tags. They said the first one can be a bull or it could be a, a, a buck or a doe. If you take a buck first, your number two better be a doe. If it's not a doe, you can't proceed down your, your deer tag. What's the difference? Because with, they're, so what's the difference between a ahead. buck and a bull? Uh, uh, so I, uh, so for deer specifically, I was trying to say buck and doe, which would be male and female. So bull is only in the elk category. So switching from deer to elk, it would be a bull elk or a buck deer. Those are the that, those are the two male versions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So this isn't cuck culture. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, and I think the reason they're doing that is this chronic wasting disease is popping up in Ohio. So Virginia is freaking out that they have this massive population that they just can't get under control. And if the chronic wasting disease hits there, it's going to get, it's just going to be a massive die off, which is going to be problematic. So got all kinds of stuff from there, but, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, here we go. So, so one of the questions I asked earlier is like, why am I doing this to myself? And I think even with talk with you guys, we're like, well, Chris, there's there's a lot of things you have to overcome. And even though I have a high powered rifle, even though I have a scope on it, those are like my really my only two advantages. Um, And even that, I mean, trying I have to pick them out of the crowd of what I can see. I have to be able to get a good shot. I need to make sure they don't see, smell or hear me. I when I explain that to people, I always be like, the odds are so much in the deer's favor, so much that I think the deer would wipe the floor with me more often than not. I mean, that's why in my lifetime I've killed one deer and one elk, um, just because it's that difficult. So as I was putting together this episode for the podcast, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, why do I do that to myself? Why? Why on earth do I do that? And I realized it is it is be, it is based on something that mankind has been seeking since the dawn of time boobs the insatiable desire to overcome a challenge slash obstacle in life 
I apparently I'm hooked on it because it's hard. What a concept, right? This difficult thing that I decided to go out and practice for and spend money on. And I just, I look at myself, I'm like, I just keep doing it. Why do I keep doing it? And I think I keep doing it because deep down, I appreciate the challenge. I like that it's hard and it makes me feel really good when I am successful on it, when I'm able to overcome it and figure out the deer after all of this. And I started I started researching this concept online of challenges to life. And I, I found a few things here. It says challenge brings pleasure and satisfaction. Challenges bring personal growth. Challenges help you relax. Challenges remind you that you're stronger and more capable than you give yourself credit for. Challenges help you to cultivate gratitude and compassion. Challenges clarify what you truly want in life. They sharpen your grit. They make your achievement even sweeter. And I said, and so I started thinking about it. Maybe my thing is, is hunting in life. And, but for you guys, maybe you have your own personal thing, your own personal challenge that you enjoy doing. Angel over here, he probably loves getting beat down in Fortnite. And he likes it because Whoa. it's hard. Hey, I don't get beat down, dude. Okay, I fucking win this shit. All right, number one in the leaderboards every single time. Yeah. All right, look at odds. Come, hey, hey, shut right, up. I'll, I'll get serious for you, Chris. I'm not gonna play this nonsense like Angel. I feel the same. Challenging things and the reward when you finally accomplish it is the payoff is just so good. That's why we chase these <clears throat> payoffs. Uh, yeah, I started probably around 14 years old. I just I um, figured out kind of what I wanted to do in life. And it's been a challenge to get where I want to go. And I still haven't accomplished it to this day. But every year I would try. I would try. I'd push, push, push. And it just wouldn't work. And I'm hoping by my 36th birthday, I'll finally be able to push my cock inside of an asshole. Sex <laughs> for the first time in my life. <laughs> hey, man, brother, you, you keep pushing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, for real though, for real though. That is what I talk to about my buddies who golf. That's what I talk about is why the fuck do we keep playing this game that is so fucking hard that pushes us to our limit mentally because when you finally get a good shot the payoff is so good it makes you feel so good about yourself the game is so challenging but we keep playing it and we're addicted to it so it's got to be the same thing right yeah not, not uh, think about it not everyone can do that thing not everyone can do golf not everyone can be good at golf not not everyone can be good consistently at golf but you're right when you get it it just hits the spot it, you know it's actually so so one thing is actually for golf I am terrible at golf and the people that I golf with, uh, Ryan, Steven, uh, some other buddies that we have on there, uh, they're all really good at golf. And every time I play with them, it sucks because they have these amazing drives and I'm like, oh, I wish I could drive. I mean, it's still fun golfing with them, but it's just, I have that desire. We're like, you know, I want to be good at golf one time. <laughs> and and I realized one of those guys, uh, one of my buddies, I uh, will say, we'll say to, let's see, we'll, we'll give him the name Perry. So I went, uh, I went to the shotgun range with Perry one time. And at the range, they have this thing where it's like a circuit. So you go to this spot with your shotguns and there's a remote and there's like a button one, two, three, four. And so what you do is you hit, you, you, you have one person holding the gun and the other person um, holding the remote. 
And so if I'm holding the remote, I hit one, and out of some random location, a clay disc comes flying out. And so when that happens, he has to identify it, get the gun up, and he has to shoot it. So he would shoot and miss. And then I would do the next one, and he would shoot, uh, miss. Do the third one, uh, I'd maybe get a little bit. Fourth one, shoot, miss. And he'd be like, oh, man. Then it'd be my turn. And the way that he wipes the floor with me at golf, the, the, the uh, club was on the other foot at that point. Every single one of those was just blam, blam, blam. And we started keeping score. And I remember he was getting like bitter that I was like stomping him so bad. It was, I mean, we were talking about, it, we, we had 10 stations and you had four shots at each station. He would finish with like, uh, so, so it's like out of 40, we would say he would be at 12 and I'd be at like 33, 34. And I would just be like, yes, I found the thing that <laughs> I'm good at. I'm not, I'm probably never going to be as good at him as golf, but if I take him to the shooting range, I'll wipe the floor with him every time. And Perry, if you're out there listening, I'll do it again. If you want. Oh God. Who's Perry? He's the alias I gave to the guy. I'll bleep it well, out. He's who's, probably best friend. He's probably best friends with Matt. <laughs> so. Uh, and it's actually when I started thinking about it, I honestly feel like this is one of my top skills is the idea of going out in the woods or hunting and doing all that. And I I never really pat myself on the back for that. Not, not like I'm trying to brag or anything, but, you know, I, I look around through life and I go like, man, why can't I be better at stuff? You know, like, you know, what, 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 why, why can't, why can't I be a, a good at PUBG as Ryan is? Why can't I be good at golf as Steven is? Why can't I be a uh, good at Spanish as Angel is? Why um, Spanish? Yeah, you you got to take your <laughs> shoes gotta, off, Chris. Because we talked about it. I feel like you yeah. meant to say second dick as good as Angel. God uh, fucking damn it. That's a good one. one. I mean, uh, you got the but big some, DSLs, so, Angel. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of compliments. <laughs> <on it. laughs> and I would also like to uh, play the old Freaky Friday, which would be we all pull a name out of a hat, and it's that we have to do a segment as that person. Wow! So if you get Ryan's name, you have to do a spooky or paranormal or conspiracy segment. If you get Chris Grace, you're gonna have to do like a history lesson, and if you do. Uh, Steven, you have to do something autobiographical. And if you pull an angel, you have to be the host. Deal. And you have to Yo, do your best impression let's do of it. There too. you go. It- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's make it the next yeah, episode. So pull, How about that? Angel, let's pull names and get, that? get our roles assigned so we okay. can do our work. So, yeah. Let's pull, yeah, the, pull randomizer the randomizer right now. I already had my topic ready for next week. That's okay. Save it. It can wait. It is Check. okay. Keep, is keep okay, pushing baby. them. Freaky Friday episode. Whoop, whoop. Be good I'm glad that the the porn one kind of worked out well. I was also like uncomf- uncomfortable with it, or I just knew it was not a strong suit of mine. So <laughs> I was like, this this is hard. I would never consider like this one. But when you get pushed outside your comfort zone, that's when you're gonna make a funny content. Yeah, that's gross. It, it, that episode like like soup to nuts like the you know it, it takes like 45 minutes to even get to the scripts but the first 45 minutes was good banter i know we did bullshit for way too long <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is how it's gonna go we are going to next week which is next week episode 11 we are going to mimic the other the person that we roll for right now so i'm gonna say your name and then we're gonna roll the the spinny thing the the, the randomizer and you're going to do what they would traditionally do as a topic or host and uh and, and we'll just go that way so let's start with uh sounds good however we're in line as a matter of fact 
uh, in chat right now. Everyone choose a number between one and fifty. Whoever's closest. I'm thinking of in the everyone right. chat. General in the everyone chat. Oh, yeah. General. <laughs> Wait, WhatsApp or Discord? In the team. Such an idiot. <laughs> All right, we see. The... I put it in both. Yikes. Wait. Oh, this, oh, this chat. I'm still not in the right one. You'll, you'll find it eventually. Yeah, this number. Yeah. Forty-two. Okay, so Stephen goes first. So we'll go in order. It'll go Stephen, Ryan, me, then Chris. What was the number? Wow. Uh, Twenty-five. Winning. Because I was born. You literally picked the one in the middle. Yeah. Solid. All right. Let's do the randomizer. I gotta pull up the window because so I. So take Stephen out and spin the wheel. Because because it's random, so Steven can't get Steven. Again, yeah. Nah, just well, but yeah, someone but needs take to get it out Steven. and then add it back in. So so, oh yeah, I guess you, okay, you can, I do, can that do that. I can or do just that. spin it twice. Let's, let's do that yeah, right now. Probably taking it out would be easier. I got to pick the right one. All right, Steven, we're gonna roll. We're gonna spin for you. This is the person you're going to be next week. He's mm, totally gonna get spinning, Chris. I'm gonna spinning, laugh at the uh, history lesson. Spinning. Ooh. This and, down and, somewhere. and now you can take now you can take Ryan out yeah. of this. So of take the, Ryan out okay, and add Stephen back so in. Stephen equal Ryan, and now next is going to be Ryan equal. So we take bring Stephen in, mm -hmm. take Ryan out. Okay, and it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, oh, it's landing. Stephen, Stephen. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, so that means Angel yeah. and I are op are automatically right, opposite. I got my, I already got mine figured oh, out. <laughs> Okay, so that means Chris, you're gonna be me, and I will be you. Which means I got to look up some. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Wow. I'm gonna do one of my favorite uh, financial crises. I'm gonna do 19 there financial go. crisis in 1907. Wow, we're in. I love it. Riveting evening. <laughs> Let me tell you something, friend. Let me tell you something, friend. Let me tell you something, friend. It's gonna be fun. All right. Uh, I think that's uh, I so. We've covered everybody. I That's think we've covered everybody. All right. Is uh, So I want to thank every listener who's listening. That was repetitive. I want to thank all the listeners um, for hanging in there with us. Um, please like, subscribe, comment, wherever you're listening. Um, we're available on a variety of platforms. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say before we close out? Uh, yes, I, I appreciate all the um, coinopians out there. Sucky, sucky, motherfucker. What is this coinopians, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, Steve. Say that again, because I kind of get up. Sucky, motherfucker. <laughs> Carry on, Wranglers. See you down the trail. What is this coinopians? It's, it's, it's our fan base, the coinopians. Who told yeah. you that was I the fan base? It. He created it. That's a Ryan original. Ryan, where do I go to claim this game? Okay. Yeah, get, get game. Have a good night.